The Florida Governor's Cup returns to the high banks of the new Smyrna Speedway November 11th and 12th, featuring the David Rogers Superlay Model 200, Prolates, Modifieds, Mod Minis, and more. See racing's biggest stars along with our Grand Marshal Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody. Located on the action corner of 44 and 415 in beautiful New Smyrna Beach, Florida, be there! Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stevens. Man, we got another jam-packed episode for you. I'm so excited for this one, our Florida Governor's Cup preview. It feels great to say that again. Um, After losing the race last year when the hurricane came through and flooded the racetrack and conditions were not just for us to be able to run such a big event, to have it back this year... um, I'm ecstatic, and the the field is growing. I mean, a week ago, I was kind of like, well, there's some good names on here. It'll be fine. And now it's 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 great. Look, this is not the Snowball Derby. This is not the Big Lee. This is not uh, the All-American 400, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> we are going to have a great weekend of racing. We have two solid nights slash days of racing, plus Friday practice. And I'm super excited about it. And to get things kicked off, I have a very special guest, so I want to waste a little time here and get to that. Richard Gillardi is going to join us uh, to give a little history of the Florida Governor's Cup. If you remember, uh, we had him on a few months ago to talk about his book, Racers in the Sun, and um, he's done a lot of research on the Florida Governor's Cup and knows the ins and outs of it that I'll be honest with you, I am not a racing historian uh, I know a lot about what's going on now, but he has so much good information and um, he's lined up some of his favorite races. And we're going to talk about this year's race a little bit um, in the first segment here. And uh, again, it, it's a great interview. He is a wealth of knowledge and um, he's going to get you up to speed on basically what you need to know about why this race is so important and where it came from. And I'm going to go ahead and get right into that here in just a moment. So um, also on this show, I'll give you my rundown of what to expect during this year's Florida Governor's Cup. And at the end, we have a big around the state segment, uh, a lot of great racing over at Auburndale. There was uh, some action with the King of the Crown Vicks over at uh, Citrus County. And the NASCAR Cup Championship was settled over at Phoenix. So we're going to cover all of that and probably more. Um, but again, this is going to be a Governor's Cup heavy episode. So while you're traveling to the Florida Governor's Cup this week, you've got something great to listen to, a little bit of history, a little bit of predictions, and a wealth of knowledge so that when you get to the track, you'll be up to speed. So let's get right to it. Let's welcome our guest, Richard Gillardi, in to talk about the Florida Governor's Cup. All right, everybody, on the Racing with Ryan podcast hotline, joining me on the show tonight, returning to the show, we welcome in Richard Gillardi, a man who knows a lot about the history of the Florida Governor's Cup, and what a what better episode to have him on than the Governor's Cup preview. Richard, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Ryan. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about the Governor's Cup, and even more so to see the race this coming weekend. Yeah, I can't believe it's already here. This year has flown by, and I'm telling you, after... Missing it last year due to the hurricane, this year feels even more special. Like I'm, I'm even more excited for it. 
if that's even possible. Uh, me too. Yeah. Hey, I miss it. I, I, I'm trying to even remember uh, if I missed a race that was two years ago and that maybe it's been three years since I've seen the, the Governor's Cup. So I, I'm like Jones and just to see the next one. And not to mention, I, I also saw the entry list and some added names and I'm like, this is going to be a good race. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, it's really building up to be good. I mean, it's it's always one of those races that kind of builds slowly, and then we get to Governor's Cup mm-hmm. week, and all these names pop out. And I'm expecting, I don't know for sure, but I'm expecting a few surprises come Friday's practice because we don't make it mandatory for any of our races to pre-register. I mean, it helps. Uh, but if somebody mm-hmm. just shows up to race, we're going to let them race. They'll take care of all their entries and stuff at the racetrack, and we're going to let them rip. So I think we're going to easily have 25-plus cars, and it's going to be a whale of a show. So um, you reached out a couple days ago, and, man, I'm, I'm telling you, the history that you have in the sport of racing goes far and beyond my scope and my reach. Uh, you know a lot about the history of the Governor's Cup. So why don't you go ahead and, and kind of lay the groundwork to how this deal all started. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I, the research I did was for a chapter in my book that's about Golden Gate Speedway, basically the story of Golden Gate Speedway. And if you want to go back, there was really it was three men who were the ones who were responsible for the first Governor's Cup, which was in 1965. And they were the Golden Gate Speedway track owner, Frank Derry Jr. That's the track at which the, the very first Governor's Cup was held in 65, and Gordon Soley, who was basically sort of a man of uh, many jobs there. He was an announcer. He was the PR guy. He did the marketing. He dealt with the radio and TV or a marketing guy. And then there was John Beavis of the Florida Development Commission. Now, he worked up in Tallahassee, Mm. so he was the contact with the governor at that time who gave the okay for the race to be called the governor's cup. And that was governor W Hayden Burns. Now he was an important player in this because he was a race fan. There was more politicians back then, back in the day who were big racing fans. And well, the governor was so Gordon Soley and Frank Derry went, made this proposal to the governor through their contact, John Beavis of the Florida development commission and they said hey we'd like to call this race the governor's cup and you know invite the governor well the governor didn't attend that year in 65 but there has been governors that have attended over the years and they got the okay and you know the the reason that the people up in Tallahassee and the governor went with it was because he was going to bring in fans and race teams and race drivers from out of state. And it was going to bring a lot of money into the state. So those are the three men who are really behind getting it started. And, uh, you know, they, they were the ones responsible for that very first governor's cup in 65. And then, uh, you know, the, the race was held at golden gate speedway where it started for the next couple of decades. And then later on, then it moved to uh, New Smyrna Speedway, first time starting in 1988. That's uh, the year I was born, as a matter of fact. So oh, it's interesting. Cool. That, uh, yeah, that, see, that was a big year. It that was, was a big year for the Governor's Cup and for you. I mean, it's uh, interesting how long the history of this race goes back. I know a lot of people these days think, oh, it's, just, it's a New Smyrna thing. But to hear that history, I, I'll be honest with you, I, I knew it didn't start at New Smyrna, but I didn't know what got it started. I've always wondered how you get something to become the Governor's Cup, because I know we're not the only ones that have a Governor's Cup. I know they have it up in Vermont and New Hampshire, uh, up in New England, uh, where I kind of pay attention to the racing throughout the season. So I've always kind of wondered how how they do that. And uh, 
it, it was a genius plan back then to bring some money into the state since uh, they were all race fans, and I'm glad it's still going. I mean, it's such a special race, and, you know, like I mentioned, to, to lose it last year was – it was very sad. I mean, we work hard all season long with our weekly program um, <clears throat> to, to make that viable, and then we really – enjoy ending the season with governor's cup so to have it end prematurely last year and to lose arguably one of our biggest races of the year was pretty sad so i think again that's what makes this year special um i think whoever wins it this year is going to feel like they've won it two years in a row since it didn't happen last year which i think is helping get some of these big names over here yeah, yeah, I agree. That maybe, maybe that could be, you know, why are there some bigger names, uh, including, uh, you know, even a Cup Series guy? Mm-hmm. Why are they more interested in the race now? It could be because, well, they didn't get a chance last year, and, well, they're going to go for it this year. And also, I kind of like the trend now where some of the NASCAR drivers are taking a step down. Yeah. With Kyle Larson at sprint car racing. But, yep. well, wait a minute. It's not that way for everybody. Some of the other guys go short track, late model racing. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, Eric Jones was our first driver to enter, and now we have William Byron, which I'll be honest with you, that was a very hard keeper, uh, secret for me to keep. I, I knew oh, I knew William was coming um, back in September. Uh, Anthony Campy Racing registered Stephen Assey and William Byron, and I made a, a Facebook post um, like, hey, we just got two really big entries for Governor's Cup. I was, was going to really start ramping up the, you know, uh, the, the PR and stuff for the race, and um, Anthony reached out to me and said, hey, um, don't put out William yet. It's 99% sure, but, you know, he still has obligations with Hendrick Motorsports. And to be honest with you, I don't know what the obligations were. I didn't feel like I was at liberty to to ask. I just agreed to not say anything until I got the okay. Okay. But I'm assuming that if he had won the cup championship, that he would have obligations that might take him away from concentrating on a late uh, model this weekend. Yeah. Uh, you know, news and, and PR media and tour. media. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, well, I would have loved to seen William Byron win the championship selfishly. This is going to sound so bad, but I was kind of hoping that he didn't so he could come race with us Saturday. And lo and behold, a career season, a great run for him at Phoenix, but uh, didn't win the cup championship. And maybe I'm completely wrong here. Maybe he could have won the championship and still made it, but I'm just kind of spitballing here. But I, I've known that William Byron was a possibility um, for the last couple of months and finally got the confirmation from Anthony Campy Racing that uh, he was good to go this weekend, this morning. So I'm glad that news dropped so I could talk about it here on the show. Yeah, yeah. And not to mention, I think he's already racked up six wins in late model races at New Smyrna already. He already knows the track. And he's won here. Yeah, and he's won the last two Clyde Hart Memorials he's entered and a couple of other races, like you mentioned, during the World Series. So, um, and Anthony Campy Racing, you, they're one of the top teams no matter where they go. I mean, they started uh-huh. as this local team here in Florida, and now they're all up and down the East Coast. are running all the big races, and they got Stephen Nassi and William Byron. And I mean, between Campy and Donnie Wilson Motorsports and some of these other teams, there are some high roller super late model teams it's it's no joke at all when when those teams show up to your racetrack right yes i agree so with that said we kind of laid the groundworks of the uh, history of the race um what are the top three races in in your book since you've uh, you know you know the history of it you've covered a lot of it what would you say the top three races are 
Well, I, when I kind of narrowed it down, I said, okay, I'm going to have to look through every race, you know, 65 to, uh, well, 2021, since there was no 2022 race. And I said, okay, th- there were three that kind of stood out. And I, what I went with was it had to be an exciting race, but I also kind of wanted it to be a name that maybe people have heard of before or a legend. And I did find three that I thought were the first, second, and third most exciting Governor's Cup races. And and yes, exciting competition. There was, there, you know, you you wouldn't have been able to guess who's going to win when it was near the end. It was, you know, could come down to a couple of different guys. And number three, I'll say, it was the 1989 Governor's Cup. That was held at New Smyrna Speedway, uh, November 4th, 1989. I'll start with going back to the prior year, which was already mentioned. The 88 Governor's Cup race was memorable for two reasons. First was that that was the first time it was held at New Smyrna Speedway, and also it was won by a driver who had been trying to win the race for 17 years, Dick Anderson. Mm. Dick's prior uh, best race performance in the Governor's Cup was in 78. I uh, came in second place behind Dick Triggle, who Dick Triggle is a late model legend who was so dominant that day. There was you know no one else had a chance. There was nobody that could beat him that day, and Dick Anderson. He didn't win then, and he was starting to feel like maybe he had a jinx. You know, they was never going to get this win that he really wanted, but he did win in 88. So that that was Dick Anderson's first win. He'd been trying for 17 years. The next year, 89, that's the race that I've got as my number three most exciting. And in that race in 89, uh, Dick Anderson had kind of really cut back on traveling all over the country, chasing the big late model races all over it. He didn't do that anymore. It cost too much. He was cutting back on the out-of-state races. He was going to concentrate on Florida. So now winning the 89 Governor's Cup was now, it was a higher priority for him now. And uh, about half the field was wiped out from crashes and breakdowns. And it's a, it came down to Leroy Porter mm. and Dick Anderson. They, they battled it out to the finish. Uh, Porter spent just about the, the entire second half of the race chasing Dick Anderson behind him, alongside of him, chasing him down. You couldn't tell who was going to win. The last five laps, he threw everything that he could. These guys were two legends, two late model experts. Uh, he threw everything he could uh, at the leading car, Dick Anderson. And the fans were so excited about this. Every single fan in the stands rose to their feet because this was such an exciting finish but dick anderson uh he hung on and uh leroy porter couldn't pass him and dick anderson had his second governor's cup win his his son wayne also became a multi-time governor's cup race winner 99 03 08 so that for the anderson family they were the and are the leading governor's cup race winning family five career wins yeah and wayne's still going strong I, he's a name i wish we could get over to new smyrna more often um yeah. He, he makes select starts here and there, but uh, he's closer to the Citrus County Speedway these days, and I know he's kind of made oh. his home over there. Um, and, and he's kind of, you know, taken taking a step away and only races when he feels like it. So mm-hmm. I, I would love to see the Anderson family uh, back at the Governor's Cup, maybe someday, but they've had such a great history. And I feel like a lot of times um, in some of these local teams, they win that big race. They kind of feel like, okay, been there, done that. I wish they'd come back and defend, but... I feel like that's sometimes the mentality. Yes. Yes. And then who, who I've got for the second most exciting Governor's Cup race, 
1977. That was at Golden Gate Speedways, mm-hmm. uh, Sunday, November 6, 1977. Now I'm going to have to cheat here again. So I have to go back to the previous year, the 76 Governor's Cup race, because what happened that year reverberated the following year. In 76, there was a very well-known famous crash that happened right on the front straight between Mark Malkut and Robert Hampke. They had a big collision. Uh, Hampke's car went up and over Malkut's car, sliced through the front catch fence like a giant chainsaw. So you can imagine, you know, that that kind of terrified a lot of people in the main stands. Yeah. Uh, his car was fortunately thrown back onto the track. Uh, the fence held, you know, fortunately no fans were injured. The right front tire suspension were torn off. Hampke was uninjured. No, the none of the fans were injured. The flag man, the starter, Johnny Hicks, he he got hit by part of the flag stand. He just had some cuts and bruises. So Hampke was very determined to come back the next year and win. Okay, so now seventy-seven. That's what I've got as the number two year. He returned in seventy-seven with the same car, same car that almost got torn apart by the flag stand and the catch fence. The one had been wrecked in 76. And in the morning practice, more bad luck. The car's brakes fails. Uh, it, he goes off the track in the third turn and slams into the sand dune that he used to have. Not outside walls, but sand dunes. About yeah. 75 feet away from the track. So his crew makes repairs. They, they're in a big rush to make the repairs. They make it in time for the start of the race. He's in it. About 110 laps of this race turned out to be a battle for the race lead with Ed Howe. Now, Ed Howe was trying for his fourth straight win in the race. He was by far the favorite because he'd just been dominating in the mid-70s. Hampke was driving his home-built Chevy Nova. Nova, It had a cracked oil pan that was leaking all through the race. Uh, And and Hampke won it. The crowd stood up and gave him a standing ovation. They were so proud of them for having won, plus not to mention he was the homegrown boy. He was the Florida boy, and Ed Howe was an out-of-stater. And they had a new driver to, to add to the elite few that they cheered for. The, the fans at Golden Gate were you know, very picky and late model drivers that they cheered for. They usually only had one or two that they really liked. Well, Robert Hamke was now one of them. And some, of the, some people call it the biggest upset in the history of the Governor's Cup race, that Hamke won, and it was a very impressive performance. The guy was a great late model driver. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a tough event to win. 200 laps on, on equipment is tough. And I'm looking here at the, the history, and uh, I'm sure at that time with Ed winning three in a row in four of the last five, I'm sure people were getting a little sick of it. Even, you know, I'm sure he had his fans, but people <laughs> yeah. were like, man, this guy's winning everything. So when Robert was able to come in there and do that, and I'm sure a lot of people yeah. recognize the Hamke name. Obviously, there's, you know, late model chassis. Named after his name is Hampke. still around, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is, it is. I know there's a lot of Hampke chassis still in, in business these days, so um, that's a pretty good story. I, I'm a big fan of the underdog. A lot of people give me crap for that because you know, <laughs> these guys come out like Kyle Larson and they dominate everything. I get a little tired of it, so I, I would have been that that fan in the stand cheering for Robert Hampke that day for sure. Nothing against Ed, the, the how name, of course, um, huge still. Uh, the how name, the Eddies, I mean, it all kind of comes back together and we still get some of these guys down. You know, we've had Travis Eddy down for speed weeks, many a years. So uh-huh. it's just cool to see the, those names to look back at the history, even though I wasn't around, I wasn't even born yet. Um, and I'm not the historian that you are. So even to see these names and, uh, where they all come from, it's, it's pretty cool. Also, um, Looking through the the lists here, it looks like uh, Butch Miller, the only one to win four times in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, 
Oh, well, see that, that kind of, for the races from 84 to 87, are you going to count them? And then, you know, see, it's kind of a weird thing because do you count the ones that were held at uh, Sunshine Speedway or the ones that were held at DeSoto? And to see that those years, 84 to 87, it kind of gets a little confused sometimes. And, not you know, I haven't seen 100% agreement on who was the winner for those years. So, you know, as far as who won, well, you tell me. I'll go with whatever you say. Oh, uh, I'm just going with what it says on the on the website here. So I'm going to trust it, I guess, yes. and and hope that that's accurate. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, it, it, one of the best way to find out is if you look at the Governor's Cup trophy, mm-hmm. there's a little name plaque for every single year who is the winner. And I would say, well, go with that. If you look there, see who they've got for 84, 85, 86, 87. You know, I'm curious myself, and when I'm there next weekend, I'm going to look to see because I realize, you know what? If you go, if you go to the New Smyrna Speedway website or other websites, do they all agree? No. What does it say on the trophy? Now I'm really curious. Yeah. See, now I'm going to. W- with that said, I'm going to have to go look myself because I, I see from yes. our website where we have the the previous winners. It says Butch Miller was a winner from '84 to '87. So exactly. We'll, we'll yes. go. We'll go double check that this weekend then. Yes. Yes, when I saw that, I go, oh, okay. And then I looked elsewhere and I go, yeah, does, does all of the internet agree on who? Well, no, there's there's disagreement. So, you know, if someone asked me who was the winner in those years, all, all I'm going to say is, well, you know, not everybody agrees on who the winner was. But now I'm curious what the trophy says. Well, and I, I will say that our track might not be the best at keeping records. So, no, not to knock anybody, but um, people ask me all the time, what's the track record? And I'm like, I don't know. So, uh, yeah, we're going to take a look at the trophy and we'll confirm here. Yes. Um, I do know that my first Governor's Cup that I had the privilege to announce was in 2017. And that was the year Ty Majeski won his third uh, Governor's Cup in a row. So, Impressive. Yes. Um, that, that was an awesome race. I mean, the year before, I think there was like 40, 41 cars that started the race and it was a crazy race and Ty won. And then 2017, it was a, it was a, Tough first half for Ty. He was behind the eight ball, almost got lapped, and they had the pit stops, and he was able to charge back up through the field. And it's tough to pass in these cars with everybody as as good as they are. And, you know, you get a stout field for Governor's Cup. And, man, he he really made a showing because I thought for sure um, he was not going to get three in a row. And I thought what a big deal it was going to be if, if I interview somebody in my first Governor's Cup who's winning three in a row. So um, that's probably the my favorite Governor's Cup that I've had the chance to announce. But – um, mm-hmm. you, you've mentioned, uh, some of your favorite races, uh, the, the crowd getting behind the winner. And I just remember in 2020 when Bubba Pollard won, that was, uh, that was a huge day, not only for Bubba, but the crowd, like the place went wild. Sometimes people come to these races nowadays and they just kind of sit there and the race ends and they're like, okay, but Bubba Pollard won and the fans went nuts. The place was a yeah. madhouse and it meant a lot for Bubba to win that with the passing of David Rogers because he was so close to, to David and the TM Ranch guys. So that's probably the most sentimental Governor's Cup that I've been a part of. But I think the right. the wildest one, um, the most impressive one was when, when Ty won because uh, we went through a couple of years where the field was a little slim and uh, it's starting to build back up. So I'm encouraged yeah. and uh, glad to see we're – you know, I, I know we don't have the snowball derby field. Uh, we don't have the the field that the big league has. Th- this isn't the richest race in the world, but I think it has definitely the the most prestige and the the greatest history throughout the state. I, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, even if I was in a situation where I was to add some kind of honorable mentions, 
Oh yeah, the the ones you mentioned with that 2017, and then you know the the sentimentality and and the name you wanted to see was finally there in 2020. Bubba Pollard, yeah, you know, would that be one that would sort of make an honorable mention? Oh, oh, you bet, yeah. But you know what? For the number one though, the the number one was kind of like so incredibly easy to pick this one because I've written about it before in my column and in the book. And actually, the the race that I picked as number one, it is the longest passage in my book. About about any single race it goes on for nine pages because the race was just that good and it was the very first governor's cup 1965 governor's cup at golden gate speedway sunday november 1465 uh the, back then it was the governor's cup comma the florida state late model stock car championship so they considered the winner of the race to be the state late model stock car champion and in 63 and 64, that was actually the name they had for the race. There was a Governor's Cup that, was, that wasn't called the Governor's Cup in 63 and 64, but it was the Florida State Late Model Stock Car Championship, 65 now. Well, Bobby Allison shows up. He's already a two-time NASCAR Modified Division champion. Yeah. He's bringing his number 312 Chevy Late Model. He starts 26, so he's kind of he's a ways back. And he's got to work his way through a lot of slower cars to catch the leader. Wayne Runeman. So Wayne takes the lead on the 23rd lap. Bobby catches up to that Rudiman Chevrolet, that iconic car, number number double zero, JR, Jr. for kind of Wayne's the youngest racer at that time. And these two drivers, uh, Bobby Allison and Wayne Rudiman, they're locked in a two-car battle that lasted more than 150 laps, more than three-quarters of the race. It was a two-man duel. Uh, so for many of those laps, the two are racing side by side. Bobby's on the outside. Wayne's on the inside. This is for more than three quarters of the race. They're like this. Bobby's kind of playing a waiting game, though. He's, he, he later explained that he was just going to wait for Wayne to make a mistake, assuming that, well, everybody makes a mistake sooner or later. And he was just going to be he was going to wait until Wayne. But Wayne never made a mistake. Never once until the last turn of the last lap on the fourth turn of the last lap. Well, Wayne slips up a little bit. And so Bobby Allison sees this. He, he sees Wayne's car slide up a little bit. He makes an effort to pass him on the inside. And he gets inside Wayne. So now the two cars are making their last dash to the checkered flag almost even, side by side. These are the two best drivers in the field. They're going all out, side by side. And Wayne Rudiman beats Bobby Allison to the line by less than a car length and wins the race. And it's a race considered by many fans and media obviously me too, and included as the number one most exciting Governor's Cup race finish. And not to mention that these two drivers, Wayne Ruderman and Bobby Allison, had countless more wins and they had Hall of Fame driving careers over the next few decades, which made it, you know, all the more that here, you know, this was sort of back back in the day where these two went head to head for almost the entire race. And they were so evenly matched that Bobby Allison just assumed that he was going to see Wayne Ruderman competing against him in the NASCAR Cup Series, and he was a little surprised that it didn't happen. Yeah, and it's funny that David Ruderman was the Ruderman member who carried that torch into the Cup Series. Um, but yeah, I mean, what else could you want in a 200-lap race than the leaders coming to the line side-by-side, door-to-door? I mean, 200 yes. laps is a long time and usually spreads the field out, thins the field out when you have wrecks, mechanical problems. So when you can get them door-to-door at the line after 200 laps, that's, I mean, yes, that's so spectacular. I, I wish I was around for that because it sounds like... 
Oh, I would have guessed. Yes, I would have loved to see that. And, and not to mention that, you know, the, the average human being, somewhere over 200 laps, you know, is so exhausting and you're dehydrated and tired and exhausted. Somewhere along the line, the average human being is going to make a mistake, a little slip up. And that Wayne never did until the very last turn of the last lap. That tells you, you know, how skilled these two guys were. Oh, and once was the, the number of times that they bumped each other, or hit each other once. And it was an accident. I mean, Bobby he bumped into Wayne just a little bit one time in the entire, and, and he didn't mean to do it. It was an accident. That's how clean these two guys raced each other. When one of them bumped the other, they felt bad about it, and it was unintentional. Compare that to modern times. Well, you, as, you, as you know, that really doesn't go on anymore. You know, no. drivers don't race each other like that. But the way those two guys raced each other that day, well, that's the way it used to be. Drivers more frequently raced each other that way. But, oh, that's what you, you know, that's see. almost 60 years ago, and, yeah, things aren't like that anymore. Yeah, things have changed, a la the truck race at Phoenix this past Friday night. But uh, There you go. Yes. Let's, let's hope we don't see any of that Saturday, uh, or Saturday or Sunday. We are shaping up to have a heck of a Governor's Cup. Um, I know you've seen the entry list and saw the mm-hmm. updates this morning. Um, it's funny, I, I put an update out, I refresh the page there'd be another one or someone would message me hey we're coming so i think i added three or four pretty big names today and a couple yeah. of surprises um again it's such a tough race to win you could have the fastest car like chandler smith did back in 2021 he led all the race and we had a restart shortly after halfway and um breaking news as we're talking now we just had a new entry come in so i'll give you that before i ask you this question um because again they keep coming and uh you know, you, you got to put it all together. You got to make it 200 laps. Normally, 100 laps at New Smyrna is, is tough. Uh, so add another 100 on top of it. Um, we've seen big names uh, get conquered by this race. And then we've seen the big names conquer the race. So I want to ask you with what you've seen this year, and I'll just I'll throw it in here now. Breaking news, just got the text message. Jesse Dutilly has filed an entry for the Florida Governor's Cup. He has not been racing much as of late. Um, mm-hmm. he's never won the governor's cup. He's got to win at new Smyrna. Um, always fast whenever he shows up. So I don't know if that throws a wrench in your picks, but I want to know, um, who are you looking at this weekend? Who's on your radar? Funny you should say that. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, you, and you mentioned that how he's never won the governor's cup. So I, I'll go straight to one, a Florida driver who's had some great success recently in Midwest races and won some really big ones in Nashville, in Winchester, and he's still striving to get his first Governor's Cup race win, Stephen Nassie. So, uh, yeah. I, you know what? I'm going to say he's one of my favorites. I, and he's on the entry list. And he's been doing great, especially in the big races. So, yeah. it's, I'm, I'm, the way I'm feeling is, well, wait a minute. He's due for his first Governor's Cup. And maybe it might be this weekend. And so, I've, I've got him as one of my favorites. Uh, a name we mentioned before. Well, okay. William Byron, you know, he's a NASCAR Cup Series driver. We know his talent. Plus, he's got already half a dozen wins at New Smyrna. One of the favorites. Oh, oh, sure. You know, and, and I noticed that he was just added today. That was that just came out today. Yep. Uh, the official. So, yeah, he's one of my favorites. And I'll say as a third, uh, another NASCAR driver who's going to be a 2024 NASCAR Xfinity Series driver. Jesse Love, who yeah. just signed for Richard Childress Racing, and wow, what a year this guy has had. He is the ARCA champion yep. 
ARCA late model series champion won 10 races just this year. So of course, uh, Childress nabbed him and he got his name on the dotted line quickly and he's going to be a full-time Xfinity. So yeah, so it was really, really super hot. It was just winning, winning, winning all summer, all spring, Jesse Love. So along with William Byron and uh, Stephen Nessie. And I'll say uh, my favorites, yes. And I've got one other that I'm going to be really watching who I'll say is not a favorite because he's a teenager and he doesn't, he doesn't really have the experience uh, or wins behind him to be a favorite, but I'm going to be watching because he's descended from a Florida sprint car and stock car racing legend. It's Brighton Horner, who is the great grandson of Frank Riddle who is a previous, Frank Riddle is a previous late model feature winner at New Spurner Speedway. And he's driving a, a Pletcher car, and the Pletcher family has a big Florida history. And uh, Brighton's yep. been, he's been racing a little bit of everything. He's actually going to run the modified race on Saturday night, too. So he's going to get tons of laps out there, which I, I think is exactly what they're going for to get the kids' seat time. Because, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's run Sportsman, he's got the modified now, and now some super late model stuff. So. Um, I, I think Brighton is one of those guys that, you know, okay, he might not be up there leading a bunch of laps, but I think if he survives and can run all 200 or close to it, he's probably going to end up with a good finish. I, I think there is going to be right. some attrition in this thing. So I think the key is going to be first finishing. And if you can do so, you could get a top 10 and say, hey, we got a top 10 at the Florida Governor's Cup, one of the uh, one of the toughest races, you know, to survive in Florida. So um, I think another name that we got to look out for this weekend is Michael Atwell driving the 55 car. He took home a win just uh, two weeks ago at New Smyrna, one of the Sunbelt series. We had a big field show up. We had 18 cars show up for that race. And Ryan okay. Moore, um, driver from up north, came down and took the win, but he was tossed in tech due to um, weight issues uh, when, when they weighed the car afterwards. And Michael Atwell, who had the fastest car of the day, very dejected to finish runner-up, ended up getting the win. So I think he's ultra-motivated. Uh, he's a two-time defending champion of the Big League Memorial, which was held at the 417 Southern Speedway, uh, now at the Freedom Factory. Um, he, in my opinion, he's going to be there uh, looking not just not for redemption because he got the win, but looking to get that actual checkered flag and to be in victory lane and to soak in the emotions of the victory. So I think he's a very motivated young man. I think Daniel Webster is another car we got to watch. Um, He's been so good with the sportsman. He won that race at the freedom factory a couple of weeks ago. Um, He's had pretty good success. He's a couple of podium finishes at new Smyrna this year. Um, I think Gio Ruggiero, uh, Jesse loves teammates going to be pretty good. Um, Brad may, I mean, he's the track local. He's the king of the speedway right now. Um, George Gorham, He's going to be somebody to watch. Michael Goddard is going to be back with a vengeance after uh, getting torn up in a wreck on like lap three last time we raced a couple of weeks ago. So, I mean, there are, as you mentioned, uh, those handful of drivers and five or six others that could definitely um, get the victory. So it's a solid competitive field, and I really I can't wait for uh, this weekend. All weekend is going to be really spectacular. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, I think I'm going to be motivated to come uh, – Two nights, Saturday and Sunday. I, I don't think I've done that in the past. I, I I might have done it once or twice before, but not in a while. And I think I'm going to do it this year, Saturday and Sunday both. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be worth it. I mean, the the prelude's looking pretty solid as of this moment. I have 14 drivers for the for the Pro Late 100. I would expect 
four, five-ish more perhaps to show up on race day or, you know, practice day into race day. Um, the modified race that weekend, uh, not the biggest field of modifieds, but the ones that have pre-entered or at least let us know they're coming, um, pretty solid, including Brighton Horner, who we spoke of. So I think Saturday night is going to be spectacular. There's a lot of racing Saturday. Um, and then we get right back. Uh, we go home, take a quick nap and we get right back into it for governor's cup. So I, I think both, both nights are going to be worth, uh, the price of admission. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. Plus, not to mention the uh, you know missing it that, that has been the governor's cup for two years. So it's like, hooray! Yeah, well, it's back, and uh, and it's you know what? I got a feeling it's going to be a good one too. It's going to be a good race. I've got I've got that feeling inside of me that I just feel that it's going to be exciting. Yeah, we're going to write some more history on on this weekend. I keep wanting to say Saturday because I'm so used to racing on Saturdays, but uh, you know the the big race is Sunday afternoon. But all weekend will be writing history. I mean. When you can win at a track that's basically in the the shadows of the Daytona International Speedway, you you know with the off season, there's going to be a bunch of big wigs walking around. They might not make their presence known, but there's going to be a lot of people there watching. And uh, you could definitely, with a good run at the Governor's Cup and even the World Series in February, you can make your you can make your name known if you run well here at New Smyrna. And I also noticed this year the way the timings worked out that often the NASCAR Cup Series went until around mid-November and not this year they kind of ended their season in early November which means oh well wait a minute okay if the governor's cup is in its usual mid-November spot okay we're we're going to be a Sunday race with no competing NASCAR cup series race so we don't have that competition and oh wait a minute there can be one or more cup series drivers so I've I kind of like the way that there's been that schedule change in cup season ending earlier and not in competition with the governor's cup yeah i can remember um in years past you'd have drivers that you would think would be at governor's cup in a late model uh but they're running a truck race or they're running an xfinity race so they you know obviously their sights are set on moving up the the ladder so you wouldn't get those guys and and now like you said with it ending early it definitely it helps i mean to get william byron a driver who's just fighting for the cup series championship that's huge i mean i'm hoping that years down the road here with uh, NASCAR trying to get more into the grassroots stuff that uh, word will spread and we can get the Kyle Larson's or we can get, I don't know, Kevin Harvick's retiring. Maybe we can get him in a late model and uh, we'll see him at the racetrack or something like that. So like I said, it it lines up nicely now and it's uh, just makes it even more special. Yeah. I I think it may be a growing trend. There, there may be a couple of NASCAR drivers this year and then maybe, uh, next year, maybe a couple more and a couple more. I, I think it may be a trend that's growing, kind of, you know, that they see the success and notoriety that Kyle Larson has got, not to mention that he's having a blast and he's loving doing these midweek or, you know, early season, late season races. So they want to do it too. And I, I think it's a growing trend. And there's going to be more, I think there will be more NASCAR drivers doing it. Yeah. And I think, I think that's important because, um, you know, there's a big disconnect these days. People either, you know, love short track racing and hate NASCAR or seems to be vice versa. <laughs> It'd be nice to just see us enjoy racing as a whole again and, and not, you know, oh, NASCAR does this, so I don't like it anymore. Or, you know, I only care about <laughs> yeah, late model yeah. racing or short tracks. So um, this is definitely a, a, a big help. And I'm, uh, I'm super excited to get out there. I'll be out there Friday for practice and, of course, calling both nights. Uh, I think I'm going to have some help on uh, Sunday up in the booth. And um, I, I'm... I'm excited. I, I don't know when I'm going to sleep, but it's been busy uh, this week trying to to get everything ready to go. But 
it's all worth it in the end. And he, haven't you even been doing some uh, announcing at a couple of the tracks during a uh, uh, race weekends that were off weekends for New Smyrna? Yeah, um, I, I've been over to Auburndale. Um, pretty much if we have an off weekend and somebody needs help, um, I'm happy to help. Or or I just end up going to the racetrack to watch. I'm still a, a race mm-hmm. fan at heart. And uh, last weekend was the first time I had been to the racetrack in, in a couple of months. I had to take some time and do some family stuff because that's important too. But uh, gearing up for uh, Governor's Cup here. And um, wanted to ask you before we let you go, I know last time – we had you on the show. We were talking about your book. How are things going with that? Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really pleased with, you know, the the way the families of the legends enjoyed it, race fans and sales, and even uh, the, uh, another uh, race that's coming up after Governor's Cup is the Rudiman Memorial Race. It's yes. at Volusia Speedway Park. And doing I'm doing a book signing there with Wayne Rudiman, awesome. whose uh, biography is in the book. So he and I will be doing a book signing. At, so I've already got the next weekend planned after Governor's Cup is the Rudiman Memorial. I kind of like the way everybody, you know, had it, <laughs> has, has ganged up on each other and has their own separate weekends. And, yeah, the, that's the next book signing is with Wayne Rudiman uh, the weekend after the Governor's Cup. Perfect. And, and remind the listeners the name of your book and where they can find it, too. Yeah, the name is Racers in the Sun, Volume 1. It is available on Amazon.com. If you go there, you can just enter Racers in the Sun in the search. It should come up. Or uh, there's a, the, the book webpage is on Facebook. You search there for Racers in the Sun, and the book's webpage, you'll find it there on Facebook. And it's uh, for sale from Amazon and uh, right now in paperback and I'm going to be adding adding back in the ebook so that you'll be able to choose either or both ebook or paperback. Perfect. Well, again, I want to thank you for taking some time and giving us a little bit of the history of this race that runs back to the 1960s, way before my time. And I really appreciate that. Learning uh, that tonight was, was very helpful going into this weekend and, uh, if you see me, I, I know it gets crazy with these big events, but if you see me walking around, feel free to, to grab me and come say hey or pop into the booth. And um, looking forward to seeing you here this weekend. Yeah, I'll, I'll pop ahead in the booth and say hi. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will do that. And uh, yeah, thank, thank you, Ryan. I enjoyed it thoroughly. And I look forward to uh, going to the races this weekend and seeing you at the races too. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, we'll see how our, uh, how our picks do and uh, maybe we'll reconvene after that. Yeah, yeah, or maybe I might have to revise it if there's some more names that show up in the entry list. I'm going to be keeping an eye on the entry list. Maybe I'll change my mind. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll be refreshing the entry page, and I'll be updating if I get uh, entries like what just came in while we were talking. So uh, if new names come in, check on the webpage, and I'll get them up there ASAP and keep everybody up to date. And I'll update any surprises Friday because who knows? Our picks could change when we get there Friday. Maybe, yeah. I'm going to be keeping an eye on that entry list so that I can maybe revise mine. I mean, I got my three favorites now, but well, wait a minute. You know what? I think I'll reserve the right to maybe I'll change my mind about if the entry list changes. Good. Well, we'll talk on on Sunday before the race, and we'll see where we're at. Excellent. Thank you, Ryan. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Thanks for the invitation. Yes, sir. To be on your podcast once again. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Well, thank you, Richard. I appreciate you reaching out and being willing to do it, man. It's been a great conversation, and uh, we'll see you this weekend. You bet. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Richard Gillardi, checking in with the history and, uh, you know, talking this year's Florida Governor's Cup. So we appreciate him coming on, and uh, we'll take a quick break and be back with the rest of the show. 
Hey everyone, we want to take a few moments and thank some of our great sponsors here with the Racing with Ryan podcast, including one of our first anchor sponsors, 124 Welding and Fabrication. Of course, that is Ron D'Alessandro's company. He's been with us for the last couple of years, not only here on the show, but supporting local short track racing as well, and the Florida Southern Ground Pounders, and the 602 Modifieds that race over at New Smyrna. Uh, Ron, he's an all-around good guy, and he's very talented. Of course, he can handle all your welding and fabrication needs. But go to his Etsy store, check out Etsy.com, and search for 124 Welding and Fabrication. You can see some of the great items that he already has for sale. They make great gifts. If you got a birthday coming up or you want to plan ahead for Christmas and start getting some of that knocked out, check out what he already has to offer. Or you can get with him and have something custom-made. We have our Racing with Ryan podcast studio emblem hanging up in the studio. It is a beautiful piece. Uh, Ron does great work. Um, also very good for, for trophies, for awards. I know he did the trophies for the Ground Pounders uh, a couple of years ago, and they're some of the coolest trophies I've ever seen. So um, if you need anything like that done, maybe awards for a baseball team, uh, for a quarter midget, for anything like that, make sure you check out 124 Welding and Fabrication. Obviously, if you need something welded or fabbed, Ron is your man. Keep it local. Keep it trusted. We wouldn't trust anybody else here on the Racing with Ryan podcast except Ron D'Alessandro. And again, we thank him for his support. Again, that's 124 Welding and Fabrication. Check out his Etsy store, etsy.com. Search for 124 Welding and Fab. It'll come right up and uh, see what he has to offer and purchase yours today. We'd also like to thank our friends at Schultz Engineered Products and Schultz Racing Fuel Cells. If you're in the market for a new racing fuel cell for your vehicle, make sure you check out Schultz Fuel Cells. They're designed and manufactured in the United States to be safer, longer lasting, and they will outperform all other fuel cells that you can get your hands on. Also, they specialize in their fuel recovery systems. You can save on your fuel expenses, significant maintenance reductions, along with a safer working environment, better for the actual environment, the outside environment, and it'll eliminate your fuel disposal fees. Those are just some of the products that Schultz Engineer Products focuses on, and you can check them out on the web at schultzproducts.com. You give them a call at 732-922-4334, or for email inquiries, you can reach out to them at info at schultzproducts.com. That's info at schultzproducts.com, S-C-H-U-L-T-Z, Schultz Engineered Products. We welcome them as one of our anchor sponsors here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Make sure you check out their website, schultzproducts.com, for everything that they offer. And hey, if you're racing and you want to stay safe, get one of their fuel cells installed on your race car. You will not regret it. We also thank SRQ Taxes in Sarasota, Florida. We know tax season has come and gone, but guess what? It's never too early to get a head start on next year or to start thinking about next year. And hey, if you have any issues with your taxes or you know, you're looking to get a hold of somebody that can help out your business, check out srqtaxes.com. Click on their services portal and you can see everything that they offer from accounting software selection, audits, compliance, bookkeeping, business consulting, um, they do estate and trusts, they do financial analysis, statements, IRS representation in case you have any issues. They even have a notary public on hand for all of those documents that you might need notarized. And of course, tax preparation and planning. So make sure you check out srqtaxes.com located in Sarasota, Florida, or you can uh, 
get with Steve Darling at the Auburndale Speedway. He'll be happy to help you out. SRQ Taxes coming on board as another one of our anchor sponsors here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. We also have a, a couple of supporters that we would like to thank. Of course, um, we have our anchor sponsors, and then we have those that just support the show. And we got to thank Ken Copley. Of course, he is our EMOD sponsor, but we want to thank him for his support here as well. We'd also like to thank Doug Samian with Do All Lawn and Tree Services. He's come back on board as a supporter of the Racing with Ryan podcast. So if you need anything done in your lawn or if you have any overgrown trees on your yard or lot, make sure you contact Doug Samian, get a hold of him, and he will take care of you. Again, big thank you to Doug Samian, big supporter of the show here, driver of the Zero Four Superstock. And if you'd like to become an anchor sponsor or a supporter of the show, just reach out to us here on the Facebook page or you can give us a call at 321-356-2934. an episode gets you on board and now we'll let you get back to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. I want to thank Richard uh, so very much for reaching out and just being so knowledgeable about the history of this event. Um, I envy his uh, historical knowledge. Um, he He's done so much research for his book and everything else. Um, it's great to learn. I, I learned a lot just listening. Uh, you'll notice I did a lot of listening until the end of our chit-chat there, and we were talking about this year's Governor's Cup. So I learned a lot. I hope you did too, and I appreciate Richard coming on board. Please go buy his book. If you're a racing uh, fan, if, if you like sprint cars, if you're a historian like Richard is, please go grab his book off Amazon. I believe you'll enjoy it. So um, let's talk about this year's Florida Governor's Cup in depth. I know we kind of skimmed to the surface. Richard gave you his picks, and... Um, even while you're listening to that first segment, we got another entry. So I think we're up to about 24, um, give or take. And that, you know, that's if they all show up. There are a few um, entries on the list that, uh, you know, may or, you know, something may come up. They may not make it. So we are at give or take 24. I expect at least 25 to take the green flag. So we're trending in a very positive direction. I remember back in 2020, we started 14 cars. Um, it made everybody kind of, do a little bit of a double take. Thank God Bubba Pollard won that year, so that's all anyone remembers. Um, it was kind of... We we all looked in the mirror and we said, damn, we we got to do better than this. I remember talking to Andrew Hart. I remember talking to Rusty and Holly, and um, luckily it turned around the next year, and then, of course, last year we lost it uh, due to the hurricane. So um, to have it back and to, to have it looking stout, uh, again, I, I wish I was sitting here reading, you know, 50 entries like they have for the Big League. Look, that thing has taken off. That is in, you know, over at the Freedom Factory, which has so much going for it. Um, it's it's very inviting to a lot of the other locals that, you know, aren't traveling to Five Flags, aren't competing here at New Smyrna. So that race has its own special pocket. The Governor's Cup still has its special pocket and what a great way to test and tune for the Governor's Cup. If you can run, I'm sorry, for the snowball, if you can run well at New Smyrna, you can run well at Pensacola and vice versa. So um, with all that said, let me go ahead and pull up. I, I want to go over the schedule again, and then we'll look over uh, the entries. And I want to kind of break it down. I want to look at each individual and spend a little bit of time and, and give you what to expect from these guys. So, of course, Friday is going to be practice day. Let me pull up the uh, the full daily schedule here that CRA has delivered to us. 
this weekend's going to be a little bit different, guys. This isn't a, you know, New Smyrna run. I, obviously, we have a hand in it, but CRA is coming on board. They're the, the same team that handles the World Series. So um, they have sent over the schedule. And I just want to touch on it. Uh, this, look, this is going to be a long show, but I want to make it consumable as well. Uh, Friday at 10.30, your ticket booth is going to open. Practice, though, will be from 3 o'clock to 8 o'clock. From what I understand, it's going to be round robin. Uh, They're going to call up divisions, and you go practice for a few minutes, come back, make adjustments, and get ready for the next uh, roundy round. So um, 3 to 8 is practice. I'm going to try to be out there sometime. I do have to work. I'm trying to work extra hours this week so I can get out there, but between the day job trying to keep information flowing for Governor's Cup. I'm telling you, I'm going to be spread thin. So I'm going to be out there as quick as I can to cover things. Um, But after practice, we're going to have a driver's welcome party at the Grandstand Bar. If you have a pit armband, you are welcome to attend. Um, I'm going to hang around for a little bit and have a drink with you guys. And I got to get home and uh, get rested because Saturday the pits open at 10 o'clock. Super late model practice kicks off at 1 um, then we have modified practice, pro late practice, got a bunch of practice all throughout the day. Um, local divisions, your practice is limited. You're going to practice and you're going to qualify at the same time. So, um, local divisions, if you're worried about practice time, come out Friday, get a couple of laps in. Um, th- this weekend is, uh, all about, uh, for the support classes, it's all about your race. Um, for the late models, it's all about practicing to death. So, but again, the governor's cup 200, uh, that is the marquee. So, um, big things to note for fans slash drivers. Like I said, uh, local divisions, make it, make sure you're there for your practice. Cause that's your qualifying too. Um, we're going to qualify the modifieds for their 75 lap modified challenge series finale at 610. So if you want to get the most bang for your governor's cup buck, if you're buying a, a, a spectator ticket, grandstand ticket, be there at 610 for qualifying, be here at six, be ready for qualifying. Pro late model qualifying will be at 6.30. Then we're going to have vintage car practice, opening ceremonies at 7.20. And we're going to go right into feature racing. So it's going to be boom, boom, boom. Um, Pro late model challenge series, 100 lap of the uh, prelude to the cup. Going to kick things off. Modified 75 to follow as they'll wrap up their season. Jerry Simon's looking to wrap up a championship there. Brad May looking to wrap up a pro late championship. Those drivers both going to be in attendance in their respective divisions. Then we'll have the super stock 1,000 to win, 25 lapper. The Ashley Holmes Jacks Trucks 25, Blackjack Seal Coating Bomber A20, PYP Parts, uh, Bomber B20, and then the Ground Pounders to wrap it up. So that's going to be a long night. Luckily, these races do have time limits, so we can hopefully get out of there by midnight. Um, Easier said than done. Um, And then we look forward to Sunday, Florida Governor's Cup afternoon. Uh, Gates are going to open at 9 o'clock. so the big things to note, again, local divisions, your practice is also your qualifying. You get one round, so make the most of it. It's only like 15 minutes. But again, especially on Sunday, man, we got to do what we got to do. If you want to get the most bang for your Governor's Cup grandstand tickets, be here by 1230. I would recommend getting here by 12 to get the best seat you can. Um, there will be reserved seating, the top six rows, the main grandstand for an extra five, 10 bucks, something like that. If you really want to pick your seat, I believe those tickets are available online. You can pick them now, or you can pick from what's left when you get here at the track on Sunday. Uh, Mod Mini qualifying will start at 1230. Super late Governor's Cup qualifying at 1 o'clock. So we're going to qualify a big field of Supers. We're going to grid the Supers, have opening ceremonies, 
and intros and try to be racing by 2 o'clock-ish, probably 2.15, 2.20, to be realistic. Um, kick things off with the 50th annual Florida Governor's Cup 200, followed by the Mod Mini Challenge Series finale for 50 laps. Then the Sportsman 25. Listen, Sportsman, you guys, you guys had a big event elsewhere this weekend and they mysteriously took you off same with the late models another track had you all running this weekend and vanished from the schedule so i know this might not be a race where you get rich but if you want to have a place to run and come enjoy the governor's cup we're still going baby uh 602 mods and e-mods will wrap up a, another season of new Smyrna racing so that's what we have coming up. That is a quick abbreviated look at the schedule. Please visit our website. Um, know your times, know your practices, because there is not going to be any time for, hey, uh, I need to go back out. So um, listen, I'm so glad that all of our all of our supporting classes get to be part of Governor's Cup, but also know for you to be part of Governor's Cup, this is how it has to be. So be thankful yeah, I understand your concerns. Practice is important, uh, but be thankful that you're getting to be part of this. I remember Governor's Cup passed. It was like Governor's Cup 200, sportsman race, and go home. And the prelude was like prolates, super stocks, modifieds, and go home. So um, I think it's very important that the divisions that race with us all year long get to be part of these big events. Um, but if you don't, I hate to even go here. If you don't support it, if you think this sucks, maybe we'll rethink things going forward. I, I think there, you know what I'm trying to say here. Um, but again, I think it's very important that all the classes are getting to showcase themselves on a big stage. Speedway video is going to have all the videos. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So let me now go to... V, we talked with Richard about the history and a bunch of different winners. So let me focus here on the current entry lists. And if you listen to that first segment with Richard, we got some breaking news. We got our 24th entry for the cup. So I'm going to go down the entry list and I, I want to speak on every driver here. I don't, I'm not going to have their stats, but I'm going to talk about their chances and, and, and give you a little information so it's not just a name on a piece of paper here when you get here Saturday. So let's get into it. The Super Late Model uh, Florida Governor's Cup 200 entry list stands as follows. The first entry on the list is the number eight for A.J. Waller. Now, um, the Waller family, no stranger to Florida racing. A.J. has never competed in a race here. They had the car here two weeks ago uh, when the late models were in action, but that car did not make the starting grid. Um... I, I think they were looking to kind of get AJ comfortable behind the wheel and decided that it was in their best interest to um, keep it in one piece after what we saw. It looks like they made the right decision. So I look for eight. I, I'm hoping that they get on track. I'm hoping AJ gets some experience because I think that's what this weekend is all about for AJ Waller. Another driver on the list is Jonathan Knee, who we saw make his super late model debut for Ayers Racing in the number seven car. Um... This, he he registered a number eight. I'm not sure what team he's competing with. I, I haven't been able to find any information on this entry, but it is a paid entry. So we very much expect Jonathan to be there. He got his new summer start with RCS and a pro late. Um, then he got the late model deal with uh, Charlie Ayers, uh, CA7 Racing. And then um, he's made some other moves. So I'm interested to see. I, I, I'm not, I haven't made a Facebook post 
for him yet. I'm not neglecting him. I just, I don't have anything to go off of. So that'll be one of those that I'll see when I get to the track Friday and be like, oh, oh, who's that? Oh, Jonathan Nee. So he could be a dark horse. Brad May, of course, in the Arcade Awards Incorporated number nine machine for Bobby Sears Racing. Um, about the only big thing he has not won. I'm telling you, with the field, Brad May, who is normally a guy that you expect to win these big late model races, uh, a lot of people are saying he's not even a top five contender. I'm going to woe up on that and say he is because we've seen this before. We get these big fields like the Southern Super Series race last year, and he goes out there and he whoops everybody. So Brad May kind of goes on these cycles where just when you think, oh, he's falling behind the eight ball a little bit, he pops right back into relevance. So I don't know that he's going to be many people's pick to win, but um, I think they got the gremlins out of the way last week with the motor issues they had. Um, thankfully, oh, for them, Michael Goddard had issues, and Brad May has a good championship lead, but if he has more problems this weekend and Michael Goddard and team get things figured out, then the championship could come into play. So that should be interesting. George Gorham will be here in the number 10. Uh, they struggled a little bit last week, finished third after tech was complete. Um, definitely had a, an ill-handling car, but still a, a good finish. I expect George, who's had multiple good runs at the Florida Governor's Cup in the past, I expect George to be in the mix. If things stay together for him, I think he'll be in the mix. Um, they're going to have the other 10 machine, the 10F for Ross Francisco out there. Um, I got confirmation confirmation that that team is coming. So there will be two number 10s out there. Ross Francisco will make uh, make his new Smyrna and Governor's Cup debut. I can't talk. I'm sorry. I'm so excited. He'll make his Governor's Cup and new Smyrna Speedway debut. Teammate to George Gorham. How quick can they get up to speed? That's going to be the question on that team. Um, Ross is a fine driver. And we'll see how the high banks treat him. But hey, if George has issues, then hey, maybe Ross Francisco can carry the torch for that team. Driver that just pre-registered today, Tuesday. I record these shows on Tuesday. Um, Wes Burton um, out of Chiefland, Florida. Um, you may have seen pictures of this car. It's it's kind of black and orange, and it's got the 13 back on the quarter panels. It's very unique. Uh, I know he's been over at the Citrus County Speedway a handful of times. I have never seen him at New Smyrna, so this was a surprise. I love to see these surprises, man. Um, you know, a lot of the, the Florida teams uh that don't travel they kind of have their home track um and don't expect them so when we do get them it's it's nice to see a name like west burton a true wild card because guys I, I don't really have much to say about west burton other than i'm glad he's on the entry list and i hope he does well a name i do know a lot about and great to see back behind the wheel anthony sergi who now is done with his truck series duties for Thor Sport. Going to get back behind the wheel. He'll be running the Governor's Cup and the uh, Bigley Memorial, I believe. Um, Anthony knows New Smyrna Speedway like the back of his hand. It's his home track. He grew up racing here, started in the trucks and made his way up. I, again, he hasn't been behind the wheel in a while, so going to use practice to get that learning curve and hopefully get back in the rhythm. And um, I, I would love to see him do well. Um Jesse Love is another entry in car number 20 uh, for Donnie Wilson Motorsports. You, you hear Donnie Wilson Motorsports and Super Late Models, and you know uh, they're going to be a contender. Um, Donnie Wilson Motorsports dominated the Florida Governor's Cup last time we ran it back in 2021. 
Sammy Smith got the victory, but it was Chandler Smith who led much at the beginning of the race before he had mechanical issues. So I would expect Jesse Love to be a competitor. Plus, Jesse has World Series wins and Governor's Cup experience with Wimmer Motorsports back a few years ago. His teammate this year in the 22, also at Donnie Wilson Motorsports Stables, will be Gio Ruggiero, um, a World Series veteran, even though he's a youngster. He'll be making his Governor's Cup debut. But again, Donnie Wilson Motorsports, arguably one of the top super late model teams right now. So you know they're going to be fast, and we'll see if Gio can um, hold it all together. He's got some big wins too. He won that, uh, what was it, the Winchester race? Uh in controversial fashion there with what happened afterwards. So uh, with Gio and Steven Nassi in the field, plus, uh, you know, you got the uh, Michael Atwell, Michael Goddard, Gavin Graham situation. There are plenty of storylines here. Ryan Herbert is back in car number 22. The Herberts, uh, they've been around a while. Uh, you may or may not remember the black, uh, the primarily black and yellow, number 21s, 22s. So Ryan out of Georgia will be here. Uh, another pleasant surprise. Good to see the Herberts back. Um, I, I've talked to them years ago and very nice people, and I hope they have a very successful World uh, World Series. Um, that'll be the next like big preview podcast, uh, Governor's Cup here. So um, don't know what they've really been up to. Don't know what to expect. But again, some of these guys, they might fly under the radar and surprise us. And of course, the big news today uh, I've been teasing this one for a while, about two months now. Uh, well, the end of September, so a month and a half. Told you there was a big name that is yet to be released, and that was released this morning. Got confirmation from the team that William Byron will be driving the number 24 for Anthony Campy Racing. And um, fresh off a third-place finish in the Cup Series this year, did not win that championship, which I think is what is allowing him, as we talked with Brian or uh, Richard, I think that's what allow is allowing William Byron to be here. He doesn't have those media obligations. Um, but again, Clyde Hart Memorial winner earlier this year at Speed Weeks. I look for William Byron to jump to the top of people's lists as far as top contenders go. Local contenders, though, there are plenty of them. Bobby Good in the 27. They did not race the most recent Sunbelt Series race. So I would expect Bobby and that team to come with a very fresh piece and um Man, I'm telling you, if they can get around to the end, I, I see top five for them. You definitely see a top five for Bobby Good this weekend. Another local contingent making the trip, uh, just registering today, as a matter of fact. Daniel Webster in the 33, glad to see it. Um, he's been so successful with the sportsman this year, and uh, it's good to see him back behind the wheel of a super late model. And I just realized I cannot spell on his entry, so I will fix that. It says right four down racing. It's right foot down. I'll fix that, Daniel. Look, I was hasty to get these entries posted for everybody today in a more accessible fashion, so I apologize for some typos that I realized I need to go fix. Um, But yeah, Daniel Webster, he's just had a great season. He's focused the last couple years on kind of being crew chief and um, car owner, if you will. So I hope he has a good run. I, I think that team and that car is very capable of finishing well if they can make it to the finish. Steven Nassi will be here in the 51 driving for Anthony Campy Racing. Many people are talking this is going to be Steven Nassi's year. As Richard said, uh, he's got Nassi on his list. And um, hearing um, that Steven Nassi was part of ACR this year was uh, a bit of a surprise. So 
Um, Steven Nassi, uh, I think best finisher is a runner up. And I remember talking to him one year and he's like, yeah, we're gonna get this thing one year. And I made the mention like, well, at least this keeps you coming back. So I think Nassi is eager to get this race crossed off his bucket list of big race wins. This could very well be the year he does it. Connor Sutton in the 54 will be here. Driver out of Pensacola. Um, home track is five flag speedway. So this is a true rookie team effort. Very unknown. But uh, Connor does have the talent. I believe he's an outlaw champion up there at Five Flags. So we'll see if that translates to Super Lates at New Smyrna. Michael Atwell, our most recent Sunbelt Series winner, will be in attendance in the 55 machine. He got the win through Tech. I know that's not how he wanted to win it. So I think, uh, as I spoke with Richard earlier, um, he's a driver that comes with a lot on his plate and a lot of motivation to win the Florida Governor's Cup. So I think the 55 team going to be strong. Richard Elkins, a local driver out of the Auburndale area, uh, has entered both the Super and the Pro Late. One of the nicest guys. Um, I, I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, I think a couple of years ago, Richard survived the Governor's Cup, got a top 10, top 11 finish. I think that's his goal. Um, so I, I hope he runs well in both races. Robert Ford going to be here in one of the Team Marines machines for Kaufman Racing. Kaufman Racing originally planning to run one car, but now they have come full on with three cars, Robert Ford will be in the 56. Michael Goddard's going to be in the 58. Of course, the black machine was torn up pretty heavily a couple of weeks ago, so I think he's going to be in the red car. But I think Michael Goddard and Rich Clouser earlier in the year really helped get this team up to speed. Michael Goddard, sneaky, sneaky pick here this week and still has a shot at the championship. So that's going to be very interesting to see what happens there. Johnny Aramendia uh, driving for uh, Ben Kennedy Racing, I believe is a super late model. Could be a pro, could be both. Um, but I know they're going to be here. So I put them at super late because that's what they ran in the Winchester 400. So, or the um, All-American 400, sorry. So I believe that team will be there with the super. Brighton Horner has registered, paid entry here for the 75. Richard uh, touched on him, some racing history there. Again, um, I think Brighton's goal is to first finish and see how it goes. But he's run here before, so Brighton knows his way around. I think he's going to have a fine day. John Kaufman will be in the 78 in the Team Marines machine. Teammate to uh, Michael Goddard and Robert Ford, a veteran racer, many Governor's Cup starts. And uh, I think John's enjoying watching the success of Michael Goddard. So I think uh, John's actually also scheduled to run the 22 truck on saturday night so that should be interesting as well in terry mcmahon in the 97 we saw him kind of surprisingly return to racing earlier this year ran a race with us at new smyrna ran a race of five flags um and has been posting that he is making the trip to governor's cup this week so that's another one and uh not on the current entry list that i'm reading but added breaking news on the first segment and by the time you listen to this you'll have already seen it but anyways Jesse Dutilly has entered car number 30. Another big name. He's He finally got that breakthrough news from under Speedway win. Hasn't been running much. So um, hopefully he can get up to speed and have a good run. But it'll be great to have Jesse Dutilly back on the grounds at New Smyrna. And I look forward to seeing what he can do in car number 30. So that's our super late model entries as of Tuesday night at 8.20 p.m. at the time of recording. Pro late 100. I'll get through the rest of this a little bit quicker. Brad May looking to win his uh, second or another um, Pro Late Model Championship here. He has entered. Blake Suddy, a local driver in car number 10, has entered. A team found speed, but need need to get the handling a little bit better. Spun out a handful of times last time out, so looking 
to keep the speed going and get the handling figured out. Tim Sozio on the 16, a couple of good runs in that machine. Um, I look for him to be a podium contender for sure. Colby Clements will be here, another one of our local contenders out of Vero Beach. I look for Colby to survive and uh, make the most of his night. There's some bigger teams coming, so the, the local guys will have their work cut out for them for sure. One of those uh, coming is Fort Valley, Georgia's uh, Hudson Bulger, who we saw have a fine outing at the Shark Bite 100 earlier this year. Mike Mecklier will be here in the number 19. Glad that team is back. They got an old Brad May machine, and Mike will be looking for a little bit more success after the struggle they had a couple of weeks ago. Gavin Bushell and Dawson Sutton will be here at the Rackley War Racing Shops. Both those drivers did make the trip down for the Shark Bite 100. And they are free this weekend, so they're going to make the trip over to New Smyrna. Um, Dawson was fast, but didn't have a good race, and I believe Gavin was top three at the Shark Bite. Jeffrey White is looking to run the late model and the pro truck. So Jeffrey going to be busy second place in points in the pro lates at Auburndale. That's where they put their focus this year and made the most of that. So it's great to have that team back with us. Dylan LeBeau will be in the 47 machine. Um, new sponsor came on board for them, which we need to update. Um, Dylan LeBeau in a pro late. That's going to be fun. He'll be in the E-Mod on Sunday as well. Richard Elkins, we mentioned he's going to be running pro and super. So we'll see how he can fare. Uh, Ruben Caceres, second place point man in the pro late model challenge series. Going to be on the grounds in that sharp number 77 machine. Steve Reddit out of Orlando. Another one of our locals. I believe he's fourth in points having a, a solid season. Um, He's been running with us the last couple of years and continues to get better. And uh, I, I think I, I think he's going to get a top five because I think things are going to get a little bit crazy. He always finishes. Stephen Reddit is not a driver that just pulls off the track. He might be a couple laps down, but there's no give up in the 84. Uh, he's gotten more out of that car than the previous owner did, and that's not a knock on the previous owner. It's just Stephen Reddit's been racing a lot. So, um I think he's one of those guys that's going to hang around. He'll be there at the end and hopefully get a good finish. Uh, Philip Bissett in the 117. I think he was the first prolate to enter. Uh, Philip, a veteran of the Speedway. Um, I hate to put it this way, but kind of in the twilight of his career, um, trying to have fun with racing again because it could be tough to just have fun sometimes. Um, but love that Philip's still involved. And I know he and uh, Warning have teamed up with this team and Again, uh, one of those teams that if the car is running right and they can stick around to the end, could be a sneaky top five, top ten finisher. So I've got 14 on the prolate entry list. I, I can't guarantee, but I expect another one or two. So I think it'll be a solid enough field for that uh, prolate race. I really thought the prolates were going to get a little bit more traction than they have, but uh, I'm not disappointed. Um, the last couple of years has been a 50-lap race, so maybe some people aren't uh, are back on board and hopefully they will be back on board in the years to follow. The modified 75 trending at about 10 to 12 cars when all is said and done. Right now we have Troy Robinson, the Batmobile. Looking forward to seeing that car in action. Matt Jarrett, local driver in the 2H. Jared Allison will be back with us uh, in the 18 as he'll make his first asphalt start with us here at the season. Brighton Horner are going to do double duty with the modified and the super late. Shane Held in the 33. Always love to see Shane on the racetrack. Gregory Crom in that uh, blue and green 35 will be here. Ricky Moxley, 38. Um, rough, rough race for Ricky last time out, so I'm glad he's going to be back. Jerry Simons looking for the championship in the 66. 
And Dalton Nelson in the number 94, looking to get back up on the podium, looking to get a victory. I think the team is capable. Um, hopefully, uh, I know they're looking for some funds to, to kind of help with the weekend and make them even stronger. So, um, and, and I don't think this entry list is complete. Like I said, I think there's still a couple of cars that are just going to be here that will add to the entry list. Um, same with the Mod Mini Challenge Series. I only have five cars on the list, but I'm expecting probably eight to ten. Right now we have Larry Goolsby, John DeGeorge, Fallon Goolsby, Jerry Simons, and Sean Bass. So um, in the other divisions, we have for sportsmen, which I think we're going to have a fine sportsman field. I just, with the changes at the other track, I, I think they're just going to kind of pop in here. But so far we have Travis Devendorf, the champ, Danny Fry, the runner-up, Hunter Slayton will be in the 12 for Boyd, Russ Moore and Scott Garrity, those are the ones that have signed up. Uh, Steve Barnes, hoping to get here as well, uh, just had surgery, so he is a um, a likely maybe, I guess so we'll put that. Pro Trucks, uh, expected Richard Griffiths, John Kaufman, Dalton Smith, Nolan Mesa, Timmy Walters, Jeffrey White, Garrett Thompson, Grant Thompson out of um, uh, Alabama. Uh, we expect Richard LeVance and Jack Hall is registered as well. Iman's looking pretty stout. Um, Jay Waldridge, Kurt Robinson, Dylan Williams, Eugene Tuminello Jr., Travis Sukup, uh, Hank Baker, Charles Friddle, that's an interesting one, uh, Charles, a Bomber A driver, uh, Norm Dismuke and Dylan LeBeau, the expected entries, give or take, Super Stocks, 1,000 to win, hopefully we get a few more cars to show up, Tyler Pernesti, George Spears, Brandon Johnson, Stephen Metch, Gage Spears, and Paul Coach on the list so far. Bomber A's, Bomber B's, a little light on the entry list, but we have Aaron Foy, Caleb Jones, Joe Racine, Chris Savini, Brandon Monroe, and Richard Monroe for the Bomber A's. Bomber B's right now, it's Aaron Foy, Leroy Racer, Kenny Roth, Chuck Rush. Ground Pounders, and again, these lists are incomplete. Um, it's just the known racers, so we expect a few more for sure. It'll be solid enough. Uh, don't let this sway you. Um... In the ground pounders, we have Scott Cutter, Frank Pelkey driving the 4D, Art Koonsman, Ron D'Alessandro, and Hank Sanders. Ron's going to drive for uh, Ed Nash. I think Ron's going to be pretty stout this weekend. Uh, not just because he's a sponsor, but we appreciate him anyways. In the 602 mods, you're going to have your normal guys. You're going to have the Hatton family. You're going to have Tom Toronto. You're going to have um, uh, John Hatton. Um, and Kelly Jarrett has registered, so... That is what we're looking at so far here as of Tuesday here, about 8.30 p.m. We look to add more and have more updates. Of course, Friday, that's where we're going to put the uh, the tires to the ground. So, you know, this is the preliminary entry list. So, again, if you're if you hear driver's name on the list and they're not here, don't hurt the messenger. Just, just things happen. We don't require pre-entry. It is helpful. It's very nice. I love to have something to talk about. I love to give the fans a little heads up who they can expect. So, um, but that also means drivers can pop in. That also means drivers can, you know, if they need to bow out. So going to be a great weekend regardless. Uh, looking back at the Florida Governor's Cup history earlier, um, you know, I guess we had a little bit of a debate on uh, uh, on Butch being the only four-time winner in a row. Ty Majeski, of course, won three in a row back uh, 2017, my first Governor's Cup. That was that was special, man, uh, to get there and be like, man, someone's got a chance to win three in a row, and Ty Majeski did it. Um, of course, the most recent winner, Sammy Smith, he's already moved on to the Xfinity Series. Big names, man. I, I'm telling you, between this and the World Series, these drivers come in and 
can make a name for themselves. And hell, the locals, you win in the shadows of some of these big name teams. I'm telling you that on, on Sunday, um, the EMOD guys, they might be the last race on the card, but there's going, still going to be super late models and big wigs hanging around. They might see you. You know, they might see Dylan LeBeau go out there in an EMOD and whoop up on these guys. They might see Art Koonsman out there in an EMOD and be like, damn, that old tough son of a gun, he can get it done the late model. We should give him a ride. So um, plenty of storylines already developing and to unravel this weekend. Of course, you know, on next week's show, we will have a full rundown of the Florida Governor's Cup. Um, you think this show is loaded with me talking. Um, next week's going to be crazy. Uh, try my best to get a guest on here. Maybe get the Governor's Cup winner on here. Maybe get somebody who's got a lot of merit to talk about it. Um, you never know. So this show is always fluid, man. The, the guests lately, thank you guys so much. Frank Button in studio last weekend. Um, I do apologize. I screwed up on his show with, uh, with the uh, second segment being a little out of whack and then trying to fix it. I even screwed up the second upload. So um, if the audio sounded weird when you listened last week, it is fixed now. So go back and listen again. Um, I do apologize. Look, every now and then I screw things up. I am nowhere near perfect. So, um, but again, the, the guests lately, the show lately, the numbers lately, thank you guys so much. Thank you to our sponsors. Um, this is, I, I got a little sappy at the end of last week's show and I'm doing it again. This is so much fun to do and I appreciate that you guys appreciate it as well. So thank you for continuing to listen and support us here. I am hitting refresh one more time to see if there's any uh, entries that have come in since I've been yapping. I don't expect it at this time of night. Um, but man, today I added four or five names to the entry list and you never know what might be coming. And of course the computer is being a pain in the butt. But while I check this, I remind you to hang around for segment number three. We have a big around the state segment to do. We have NASCAR at Phoenix to talk about. So who do you think is going to win the Florida Governor's Cup? Let me know. I'd love to hear it. My money is on Stephen Nassi. I just think he's going to cross this race off the list. Um, I'm going to take Nassi for the Florida Governor's Cup. I'm going to take Gavin Bushell for the Pro Late. He's going to beat out Brad May barely. Um, I am going to take Jerry Simons for the Modified Race, and I'm going to take Sean Bass. To sweep the Mod Mini Challenge Series, even though he's got to deal with Jerry Simons, um, Sean Bass will win this year's uh, Governor's Cup Mod Mini Race. So those are my predictions. I'm going to stick to them. And uh, I'll let you know if they change, if some other crazy entries show up. But that's what I'm thinking right now. We're going to take another commercial break. We're going to come back on the other side. We're going to start at Auburndale Speedway. We're going to go around the state, and we're going to talk about what went down at Citrus County and we're going to wrap things up with a little NASCAR talk as we wrap up the NASCAR season. So all of that coming up on the other side. Come back with us. Hey, everyone. We're going to take a few moments here and thank some of our great sponsors with the Racing with Ryan podcast. And we're excited to welcome in a brand new sponsor because we know it costs a lot of money to get to the track these days, whether it be your pit passes, your tires, your fuel, the parts you had to order just to get the car fixed, we know it's expensive, so we welcome on board the SponsorshipSeminar.com. Now, we just had J.R. Longley on the show just a couple episodes ago. 
We got to learn all about JR and his expertise on the sponsorship side of things, and that's where the seminar comes in handy. So visit thesponsorshipseminar.com. It's only $99, and you can watch the seminar. Heck, get your whole team together. Get your friends together. Have everybody pitch in, watch the seminar, and learn these new ways and strategies to help you reach out and get those local sponsorships on your car to help lessen the economic impacts of our racing hobby that we love so much. Again, that is the sponsorshipseminar.com with J.R. Longley. You'll learn ways and strategies on how to reach out and find those hard-to-find sponsors. And you'll also learn how you can give back to them that'll hopefully create long-lasting relationships for years and years to come. Once again, that is the Sponsorship Seminar with J.R. Longley. We invite you to check out the sponsorshipseminar.com to see all that they have to offer. You can click through, you can watch the little preview video, and you can order the seminar where you'll get 36 hours of replay access. So you can watch it once, you can watch it a bunch of times in 36 hours, you can watch it by yourself. And like I said, invite everybody over to the garage to work on the car and watch the seminar at the same time. JR has over 40 years of sponsorship knowledge and it's all available online for you at your fingertips for the first time. Once again, that is the sponsorshipseminar.com. We would also like to thank American Auto Tires in Service located at 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna Beach, Florida. You can give them a call at 386-428-1941. Of course, that is EJ's company. And if you need anything done, tires, service, you name it, they have you covered. So make sure you stop into American Auto. Or, of course, you can always get with EJ if you're at New Smyrna. Uh, he, you can find him pretty easily in the tire room or driving the pace car. They have all kinds of great deals. Um, look, I'm in the market for some tires. I'm going to be stopping in there in the next couple of months and getting my tires down there because I wouldn't trust anybody else because I know EJ is going to take care of us. They offer everything from free visual AC checks, tires, maintenance, repairs, any kind of service you need. They even have wheels. So American Auto Tires and Service, your one-stop shop in the New Smyrna area for anything that you need done. So make sure you check them out again. 1523 South Dixie Freeway in New Smyrna, New Smyrna Beach, 386-428-1941. Stop in and see your friends at American Auto. We also thank DeBerry Paint and Body for coming on board as a sponsor. Uh, of course, that is the two Manellos. So let's just say you get into a little bit of a fender bender and you don't want to go through your insurance because you know they're probably going to hike up your rates and you're going to pay for a deductible and you're still going to have to pay for all this stuff. Make sure you check out DeBerry Paint and Body because they will go ahead and handle that for you. If you got a scuffed up fender, if you got some dents in a bumper, if you got a door that needs replaced, DeBerry Paint and Body will take care of all of that. Um, they are open until about 6 o'clock each day. And you can get in touch with them by giving them a call at 386-320-0267. And they're located at 400 Chairman Court, Suite 200 in DeBerry, Florida, 32713. And again, their hours are typically 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. on the weekdays and 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on Saturdays because, you know, they got to get out to the racetrack and whatnot. So uh, if you need any body work done, paint, body, whatever you need, Make sure you check out DeBerry Paint and Body. We also thank Bromley Motorsports for coming on board as a sponsor here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Of course, you can primarily find the Bromleys running at New Smyrna Speedway, 
They have a couple of Bomber Bs, the six machines out there for Bromley Motorsports, and they have some pro trucks that they run occasionally as well. Sometimes you can find them out at the dirt tracks having a little bit of fun as well. But we appreciate Bromley Motorsports for coming on board to support the show. So make sure you check them out next time you're at the New Smyrna Speedway. We also thank Jeff White Racing for coming back on board as a sponsor here on the Racing with Ryan podcast. Of course, Jeff White Racing can be found bouncing between the Auburndale Speedway and the New Smyrna Speedway. Jeffrey White, driver of the 41 E-Mod slash A-Mod, has been one of the dominant forces. So if you're looking to get on board with a good racing team, make sure you check out Jeff White Racing and check them out at the Bull Ring at Auburndale and the big track over at the New Smyrna Speedway. We thank them for coming back on board and supporting the show. And again, if you'd like to come on board and become a sponsor or supporter of the show, we only charge $5 an episode, and you can do as many or as little episodes as you like. One episode, 100 episodes, you could do a season. It's completely up to you. You can sponsor a division. Whatever you'd like to do, we are open. Um, Just message us here on the Racing with Ryan Facebook page or give us a call or text us at 321-356-2934, and we'll be happy to work with you thank you again to all of our sponsors and supporters now enjoy the rest of the show all right everybody welcome back third and final segment a lot to go through here with the excitement of governor's cup coming up don't want to forget about the great action that we did have last weekend um, i did not make it to a racetrack last weekend um, had way too much fun out doing family things so uh, everything from this point on is uh, basically from the internet, and big thank you to our buddy, Mr. Tom, from Speedway Video, who did make the trek out to Auburndale Speedway. No rest for Speedway Video. He went out there to film what was a marathon night over there when the lights wouldn't come on. And got to give them kudos, man, because they stuck it out. They could have looked at that and said, no, it's just not meant to be. Uh, we're we're going to have to cancel. We can't get the lights to come on. But they stuck it out and waited for those damn lights to get fixed. And um, if you watch back on Speedway Video, you'll see that they uh, they waited quite a while. So let's see what the fruits of their labor was. And if you want to go back and watch this, you can on Speedway Video. That's what I did Monday while I was working. I had Speedway Video playing up in the corner. So I didn't see every little thing that happened, but I was listening, so I have a good idea um, some of the big stories in the super late models, first of all, a great field, 14 showed up for their twin 75s. Um, a big story here was Jonathan Guy looking to get the championship. The best battle was going to be for second between Bray Holmes and the 88 TJ to care, who I was told was battling a, a bug and was basically having to choke Pedialyte to stay hydrated. So TJ really had to soldier through and it was a tough night. Um, double, I'm sorry, double 50 lappers, not 75s, for the Super Lates. And John Guy got the win in the first race and therefore locked up the championship. Cody Stickler in the team car in the 142 was second in this race. Steve Dorer third. Chase Lovelady fourth. Colin Allman, who uh, just came off a runner-up finish at New Smyrna, was fifth. Followed by Bray Holmes, Hunter Lovelady, TJ DeCare. David Weaver was back in action with a, a newly skinned race car. And Robert Jonas, your top 10 in race one. A lot of spins, a lot of beating and banging on this one. Charlie Brown did suffer some big damage. Uh, Actually, he did not race the second event. Uh, I know at one point, Bray Holmes was torn up, and they had to put the bumper back together to get him back to that sixth-place finish. 
Then a race number two, pretty good race here. Cody Stickler went from one of the most wild spins you'll ever see at Auburndale Speedway. I mean, spinning around and around that audibly made me gasp when I watched it back on Speedway video. A little teaser to go check that out. But uh, Cody did hang on to the spot despite the spin and got the win here in race number two. Colin Allman came home second, so a good day for Colin Allman. John Guy, the championship uh, winner, was third to Robert Jonas, a great run in fourth, fifth to Adam Briggs. So it was great to see Adam have some success. Chase Lovelady was sixth. Steve Doerr seventh. Bray Holmes eighth. Hunter Lovelady ninth, tenth for Weavers. Uh, TJ DeCare finished back in 11th. Uh, Bray Holmes' efforts were enough to, for him to grab second in the points. TJ DeCare fell to third, but still a valiant effort with uh, the bug that he was battling. So hopefully TJ DeCare feels a little bit better. Maybe we'll see him this weekend. Maybe not. Uh, it seems like they've definitely uh, changed their focus for the rest of the year. Uh, your fast qualifier and qualifying for anyone that cares about that was John Guy. They also ran pure stocks. Jimmy McLeod in the 0-3 getting the win over Jake Fitchner and James Wright. Um, watching back the video on this, he and Cody Benoit got together and James actually went for a spin. It's hard to beat James Wright over here at Auburndale, but uh, I guess if you get into him and make him go around, the, the best you can do is get back up to third. So Jimmy McLeod gets away with the win. Uh, Cody Benoit actually finished in fourth. Eugene Connell, the third was fifth, so some new names in there. Ronnie Roop, sixth. Brandon Love. Ansel Dale in the 22 was eighth. Jamie Castleberry, ninth. And running at the top 10, Bobby Kelly Jr. in a field of 12. SRQ Taxes, mini stocks. The win went to Bobby Kelly Jr. in the 95, holding off a track, I believe track champion, Mike Ingle in the 17. Bill Wetherington was third, fourth for William Kearns. Alex Bowman running at the top five, uh, followed by James Hare. Chris Kelly, Eddie Davis, Fred Martin, and Keatley Chandler in a field of 13. Scrolling down a little further, Mini Cup win went to Daisy Fuller, head of Macy Powell, Braden Elliott, William Tipton, Tegan Briggs, the top five. There are a couple of DQs, so I'm not sure what that's all about. I know uh, watching the video back, a couple of drivers got together and were hopping out, the, hopping out of their cars, so maybe that had something to do with it. Street Stocks, uh, seven cars showed up. Our good friend, Mr. Steve Darling, who is planning to join me for the Governor's Cup race this Sunday. Um, started on the pole, struggled a little bit, and finished in seventh. His teammate, Jason Bartram, coming off that big sportsman wreck, was able to do enough to win the track championship. So, uh, you know, Jason, with the disappointment with that beautiful sportsman getting torn, torn up, was able to get a track championship for his troubles here at the Auburndale Speedway. And again, a championship is a title nobody can ever take away from you. Yeah, somebody else wins and leaps frog you the next week, but nobody can ever take that title of champion away. So Jason Bartram um, ends the season on a high note here. Uh, finished sixth on the grid, but won the championship. So who cares where he finished? Uh, Danny Kaler in car number seven got the win over Mike Wilson in the 05. Rob Kuhn in that mod mini that is a street stock was third. Joey Girard was fourth and fifth for Bradley Lyon. And they also ran the Pro Figure 8. It's a pretty interesting race. So there was one car, I think it was the 11 of William Yeomans, that was dead in the water for uh, a handful of laps, just kind of sat there. I didn't know if this was, uh, you know, an Enduro-style thing or not, but they eventually threw the yellow, got him out of the way. And when the checkers flew, it was Preston Davis taking the win over Wayne Calkins. Michael Cherry was third, Billy Williams fourth, and Seth Nistuk in the fifth position. So all in all... 
despite the light debacle, a good night at Auburndale. Um, the, the highlight was Cody Stickler's spin and win for sure. Um, couple of dust-ups in the late models for you to go back and see. And just a, a rather clean night of racing. I think after the, the light issue, everybody kind of put their put their brains back inside their head and to, to just decided to get through the night. Um, also, shout-out to Matt Nyer from Showtime Speedway. He made his way over to the track, got there kind of late, but the lights uh, allowed him to get on the mic and enjoy the evening. And shout-out to Jen Brinson from Sunshine State Racing for filling in for Steve during the heats. Well, Steve was planning to go racing. Of course, the lights kind of got in the way of, of that whole thing. Um, but Jen Brinson did a, a fine job. You'll hear her on Speedway Video, as a matter of fact, calling the heat races that were able to get run before the light situation. So always nice when people step up. I'm glad Steve got to go race. Um, he had reached out to me, of course, earlier in the week when... Um, uh, it was determined he'd be solo and needed somebody to fill in so he could race. And I'm glad uh, Jen was able to fill in. And she did a very great job. I mean, just uh, if you didn't know that she was filling in, you wouldn't know that she was filling in. You'd just figure she was just doing her thing. But she's got lots of experience behind the, the camera uh, doing the live streams from the grandstand. So uh, kudos to Jen and Matt for filling in there over at Auburndale. So good night. Congratulations, John Guy and the rest of the champions, Jason Bartram and everybody else over there at Auburndale. Moving now. I gotta take a drink. My mouth is my mouth is dry. This is this makes for great audio, right? Anywho, hit the fast forward button for 15 seconds. We'll be talking about Citrus County Speedway. They held the second annual Sandy to Care. Uh, memorial race for the sprint cars and they had the king of the crown vix little controversy in this one and i'm not gonna sit here and tear a track down but they had been advertising over 80 cars um this is where you can get yourself in trouble with entries there are times where you take people's word and there are times where you don't there were a couple of drivers on there that had some questionable names that if you just took a minute and read them, you would know were fake. Um, I expected them to get 50 cars. For 10000 to win for a Crown Vic race, you would expect to get a handful of cars. I think a couple of factors played into it. I think a lot of uh, Citrus put out a big you know, press release about why they think they got what they got. And some of it was right. Some of it was, well, you know, that's a good way to look at it. Um, I think a lot of things happened here. From what I heard, it was a winner-take-only. I think that deterred a lot of people. You know, for some, they're like, I'm not going to go put my car in harm's way in a race that's going to be... It's not an enduro, but enduro style with no stoppages except for reds. Um, For nothing. I'm not going to go race with people that might be questionable in tech. I'm not going to... Just a lot of... This is what happens when chatter gets out of control on Facebook. I think a lot of people were... S talking on Facebook and it discourages people. Don't discourage your fellow racer. Because guess what? It feels a lot better to finish even fifth in a field of 40 than it does to finish third in a field of 10. Does that make sense? Y- you want to keep your fellow competition. Yeah, there's some that you want to go knock out afterwards, but man, that makes for fierce racing on track. So uh, my, my message tonight, and that's where I've been lately with these, um, who the heck is calling me at 8.46? I'm not taking your call, potential spam. Um, 
my message tonight is encourage your fellow competitors and don't discourage them from coming to the racetrack. We got to keep these racetracks going. We got to give the fans a decent turnout. And um, the chirping on Facebook does more harm than good. Believe me, I've learned that myself, okay? Um, but let's get into the results here. Um, I'm just going to do features. Uh, I'm not really interested in the heats here. Sandy DeCare Classic. Great field of the sprint cars here. Let's see, 21 of them. That's fantastic. I'm glad to see the sprint cars coming back to, get, coming back to life a little bit. But it was Davey Hamilton Jr. No surprise taking the win. He's the dominant man in the sprint cars right now. Winner of the 41-lap shootout here. Over Sport Allen, Daniel Miller, former uh, Newsmorning Pro Late driver, by the way. Joe Ligori was in fourth, fifth for Stephen Hollinger, followed by Scotty Adema, Bruce Brantley, Bo Hartley, Brian Riddle, Ray Bragg Jr., uh, the top 10 there. Um, looking to see if there's any notables. Colton Bettis was 15th. Dylan Reynolds was 17th. Jamie Dixon in the triple nickel was 18th. Uh, Rex Hollinger, 20th. Uh, but yeah, man, that's a, that's a great turnout. Don't know much about what happened in that race, but just glad to see a lot of cars. Bandolero Pros. Let me give you the feature winner here on this one real quick. Gerald White third over Bryson Carlbert and Case Hockman. They also ran Bandolero Red Plates, which uh, being familiar with quarter midgets, I know a red plate is basically a restricted plate you put in for the rookies. So let's see how the red plate race went. Landon Heaton won that one over Mason Welter and Heath Hynope. Um, another uh, driver of note in the Bandolero red plate, uh, Macon Gorham made his debut. That is, of course, another one of the Gorham, George Gorham's children. So the next generation is coming. King of, it says King of Vicks, Ford Outlaw. That was our, our crown Vic feature race. Uh, of course you probably already know by now, but our, our good friend, friend of the show, Mr. Zach Curtis took the win in this 200 lap race. So, they advertised some 80 entries, and I would have expected half of that. But they got 24, which, listen, 24 cars is nothing to bat an eye at. It's just like our Enduros. We should have 80 freaking cars for the Enduros, and we get 20, 24 cars. It's just the nature of the beast sometimes. And everybody knew that Zach Curtis and Jesse Veltman was going to spank them, and that's exactly what happened. Zach Curtis takes the 10,000 to win race. Um, Zach Curtis, man... He has found his niche with these big money, you know, stock division races, whether it be an Enduro, whether it be these big money Crown Vicks, whether it be the, the um, you know, those more advanced uh, four-cylinder cars. Zach Curtis has a knack for getting it done, and he did. Jesse Veltman, he's the king. In my opinion, he is the track regular king of the Vicks over there at Citrus County. He was second. Eric Sharone, a name that we've talked about many times on this show, uh, he was third. Sean Moore was fourth, and Nicholas Jenny was in fifth. Only four cars finished all 200 laps, and six finished 199. And only 15 made it farther than 128. rest of the top 10 was Thomas Pete, followed by uh, Taylor Kraft, Frank Manise, Ray Healy. I'm sorry, Roy Healy, Michael Gable, uh, the top 10. And again, out of a field of 24. I, I'm sure it was a great race. I uh, just... I, 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 it should have been more successful for them with that much on the line. I, I, Zach Curtis had a good point. He said, yeah, it should have been five grand to win with the other five grand through the field. So, um, I like hearing that from a guy who just went and took 10 grand from somebody because he understands the bigger picture sometimes. Mini stocks, 
We're also in action. Stephen Wyatt got the win in the 85 over Roy Healy. Steve Paulton Sr. was third, fourth for Ken Larsh. And Eddie Evans finished in fifth. He's turned his attention over there to Citrus County, going to try something new and getting some results. Danny Fox, Michael Nanfelt, Greg Valdez, Ryan Wilson, and Dakota Cushing, your top 10 out of a field of 14. And they also ran. I hate when I go back on their website. It takes me to the top. I have to scroll all the way down. Um, Pure Stock feature event. Looks like they had a field of 10. And Caleb Grossenbacher just continues to be on fire over there. He got the win over Jeffrey Blotz, Cody Struble, Greg Dick, and Doc Bates in the top five, followed by Larry Welter, Sport Wilson, Billy Smith, Kenna Brown, and James Johnston. So um, all in all, say what you want about Citrus County. It may not be perfect over there right now, but they're still doing it, man. They're still getting by, and even with the the disappointing turnout there for the Crown Vic race, I think maybe they'll learn something from it. And if they do it again, kind of tweak it and get those eighty cars that that you know could be there. And, you know, realistically, forty cars. It's perfect. Um, I'm just glad to see them um, able to get that show in. So a little bit disappointed that they. I mean, I'm disappointed for the racers here. Uh, selfishly, I'm, I'm, you know, it works out for my benefit. But um, big 10,000 to win sports and race is mysteriously gone. I remember the debacle when they announced this, that they were also running late models on Governor's Cup weekend, which to me is just a little disrespectful. It's not about, oh, we're trying to take your cars or this or that. It's Nobody else runs late models on Snowball. Nobody else is running late models on the Big League. And all of a sudden, late models aren't running. So it worked out. It all worked out. It all worked out. So that is around the state. And we'll be doing more around the state throughout the year. If there are races that I'm able to get to, bet that I'll be there uh, so that uh, we can have some coverage here. I don't know what my off-season schedule is going to look like. I definitely plan one way or another to be out there for the charity race at Auburndale. I wouldn't miss that um, as long as I'm in town and and don't have things that – you know, take, uh, that are a little more important, but I plan to be out there for that. At least, um, I am going out of town for Thanksgiving, so I will not be at the big league, but I will follow it as close as I can. And of course we'll cover it here. And I wish everybody going to the big league the best. Cause that's, that's a cool event. Um, and I'm going to put behind any of the other stuff and just say, that's a cool event. Let's talk about the Cup Series championship race weekend at Phoenix. And we'll go over our fantasy results uh, power rankings, ra- uh, race score, season score. We have all of that still to go. Um, so let's get right into it. Uh, I'll just touch on Friday's truck race. That was the most pathetic race I've at a professional level I've ever seen. Um, I was over at a uh, family's house this weekend, and I stayed up to watch it as the, the night winded down. And I'm thinking, Got a big day tomorrow. I'll get to bed around 11.30. You'll see the championship race. But that race kept going and going and going. It all started with Carson Hosovar wrecking Corey Heim. I, I get that that wasn't directly intentional. But it was a hack move. And and that's Carson Hosovar, man. He goes, he does dumb stuff. And then he redeems himself by actually showing that he's a talented driver. And then he does dumb stuff. And then he redeems himself. And he does more dumb stuff. So I just can't get on board with Carson Hosovar right now. And uh, he basically ended Corey Himes' night. And then Corey Heim goes and does something very immature. Says he didn't, but he did. He wrecked Carson Hosovar back. So they went tit for tat, took each other, took each other out of the championship. It looked like um, 
it looked like Grant Enfinger was going to win the championship before Corey Heim did this. And then the race just went to overtime chaos. It was wreck after wreck after wreck. Time Majeski got wrecked. Other people got wrecked. And then Ben Rhodes was able to hold off a hard charging Grant Enfinger to win his second truck championship. So congratulations to Ben Rhodes. I feel bad for Grant Enfinger because he had it on lock before the caution came out with three to go. Um, the, the little charge at the end was fun, but God, when the checkered flew on that, I'm like, thank Oh, just thank God it's over. Then we got to Saturday. Uh, great Xfinity race. I think coming to the white flag, the final four was like all grouped together, like two and three wide. So it was a fun, it was a fantastic race for the Xfinity series. That series has been good all year long, and uh, they put on a good show. And the double zero, Cole Custer, this is what he went down to the Xfinity series to do. He went down there to win races. Now, he didn't get many wins on the year, but he got three, and he wins the championship. So, congratulations to Cole Custer. You achieved your goal. I think another year in Xfinity for Cole, and then he's probably back in the Cup Series. So, well done, Cole Custer. Well done, Xfinity Series. Then we got to the Cup race. And, look, this race was not chaotic by any means, but it was a good race. There was some, as far as Phoenix goes, there was good racing. Now, this track is just not ever really had a barn burner of a race, but this was good, man. We had some good battles. William Byron dominated early, and then we saw Ross Chastain get up there. But you're just like, nah, he can't win. He's not a championship guy. Then look for a minute like Kevin Harvick might be a sneaky driver to sneak in here and win in his last start. That would have been something. Um, ultimately, he finished seventh and put an exclamation point on his great career. It's, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I did have this race somewhat spoiled, by a friend of mine who I uh, didn't expect to text me about the race. Um, I was not home yet to watch this race, and I did have it spoiled. I knew that Ryan Blaney had won the championship, but I didn't know. So I figured he won the race, right? Because since we've been doing this format since 2014, the winner of the race has been the champion. So I'm like, well, good for Ryan Blaney. He's going to get four wins on the year. Well, of course I was wrong. Ross Chastain, uh, I had no idea. So I only had the race semi-spoiled. Um Ross Chastain got the win, and uh, I'm not going to lie, I did choke up a little bit when they interviewed Kevin Harvick because I watched the man's entire career, and he got his first win by beating my favorite driver, Jeff Gordon, in Atlanta. So, uh, But now my favorite driver, Ross Chastain, got his second win and makes for a decent year for him. And then Ryan Blaney, who battled tooth and nail with Ross, you could tell he was getting frustrated, was able to charge late after the last pit stop, which I was wrong and said whoever got off pit road first would win the championship. Uh, that was not the story because Ryan Blaney, uh, while he was upset in the middle of the race, he was poised when it mattered the most, passed Kyle Larson of all people to win the championship. So Ryan Blaney, an attaboy, congratulations on your out-of-nowhere championship. Uh, a lot of people are saying the format sucks. We, this We can't crown champions like this. Somebody made a YouTube video where they said, well, if we just let it be 36 races, we would have had a big swing for the championship when the 20 car hit the wall. It was the same thing. The 20 car hit the wall and took himself out of a shot to win the championship regardless. You still have to run. Everybody's saying, oh, the other races don't matter when we only have one race championship. Yeah, it's 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 winner take all. So one bad race can derail your season. But to get here, you have to put together a good enough season to even get here. We've seen boring championship battles this way. We've seen boring championship battles when it was a 36-race season. Sometimes 
the situation is exciting. Sometimes it's not. And no matter what format you use, somebody's going to hate something about it. Um, I don't know. I, I, I like it. I think it makes the regular season very intriguing because it matters who wins. Um, you can change your, the, the playoffs by winning a race. Um, playoff points, uh, stage wins, stage points, it all matters. Some people are just too ignorant to understand that these things matter. And to get to where we were on Sunday when three of the four championship guys are running virtually nose to tail. Now, it wasn't a dogfight to the finish, but like the Xfinity race was, but it was still very good. It was a good season. Now, this car has some issues. NASCAR has some issues to work through, but it was for Phoenix standards. It was a good race. Ross Chastain gets the win. Ryan Blaney finishes second and wins the championship. Kyle Larson third, William Byron fourth, and Chris Buescher what an A-plus season for Chris Buescher. Finishes fifth. Just a great job by that team. Uh, talented young racer there. Could be a championship sneaky contender next year. Martin Truex was sixth. Kevin Harvick seventh. Denny Hamlin eighth. Michael McDowell, another top ten. And Bubba Wallace finishes tenth and actually finished tenth in points. Take that, Bubba haters. Kenny. Um, yeah, but man, a, a good race. Feel bad for Christopher Bell. Uh, just had brake problems and never really got going. I will tell you, after qualifying... When Blaney and Bell qualified outside the top 10, I thought they had no chance. But just proves sometimes you got to rewrite history and prove everybody wrong. So uh, all in all, a decent race at Phoenix. Congratulations again to Ryan Blaney on the championship. And as usual, I did score this thing. So let me go ahead and give you my ratings here. And then I'll give you the final power rankings for the year. Oh, obviously, my daughter has been in my photos because... <laughs> Nothing is where it's supposed to be. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, so let's score this thing. Racing, I gave it a five because it's Phoenix. Excitement, a seven. It was fine. Finish, a six. I mean, it was kind of after the last pit stop in about five laps, they'd settled in. So the, the actual finish wasn't too dramatic, but it wasn't terrible. Lead changes, scored 18 on the short track. I do score this on the short track scale. Sue me. Um, 18, that scores a nine. Enjoyment, an eight total. A seven. A perfectly fine championship finale at a track that is not... We should only be going here once a year anyway. Phoenix is not the most exciting track, but made the most of it. Um, and the overall season, going to finish at a 6.73. 6.73. So not terrible. Not the best. I This season... Last year was, was an anomaly. It was a crazy season. This year is more of a standard season, but it wasn't terrible. I'm excited for next year. Um, sad the season's over, but uh, now I can watch more football. Uh, here's our final power rankings for the NASCAR series. I'm going to bring the Florida power rankings back next week. Okay, we'll get back on track. I have had some people mention, hey, you need to get back on it. I will. I will. I will. I will. It's just sometimes I run out of time and I've put it by the wayside. But after Governor's Cup, damn it, I'm bringing it back for big race season. NASCAR power rankings. Here we go. Kyle Busch going to finish the year in 15th after he was 15th. Just dismal end of the year. He got the three wins and looked decent early and then just fell off a cliff. Chase Elliott's going to finish 14th here in the power rankings. Definitely a tough season for him. Martin Truex, I don't know what happened in his playoffs, but he is going to finish 13th. Joey Logano, just I, I moved him back to 12th. Um, only the one win and it was the last lap pass at Atlanta in the beginning of the season. So, uh, just kind of a disappointment for Joey. 
Tyler Reddick also drops from 7th to 11th. Um, if Ross Chastain hadn't won the race, Tyler Reddick would have been 10th, but I put Ross in 10th because Ross came out of nowhere to win this thing. Nobody beats the Final Four on Championship Sunday, and Ross did it. I loved his interviews. Like, no one's ever done this before, right? We keep doing things that no one's ever done, so kudos to Ross. I moved Bubba Wallace from 11th to 9th, top 10 in the points. Um, I know he didn't get a win. I know he was the butt of many jokes as always, but top 10 in points is an accomplishment many of you will never do in your career. So kudos to Bubba. Brad Keselowski moves uh, from 6th to 8th, just a ho-hum run of 15th and the year, but a good season for Brad. I moved his teammate Chris Busher a couple uh, one spot ahead of him. He moves from 10th to 7th. Kevin Harvick, I moved him from... Ninth to sixth. The man took, he carried Stuart Haas Racing on its back for about the last three or four years. Top 10 in his final race. Um, I just think that's just a, a Hall of Fame worthy career. So I move him up in my final rankings uh, to sixth. Denny Hamlin remains in fifth. William Byron remains fourth. Christopher Bell remains third. Kyle Larson obviously drops from the top spot to second. And Ryan Blaney, the champ, ends the power rankings of the season on top. That's because the last four or five races of the season, Ryan Blaney showed up and was a true contender. So the NASCAR season is a wrap. Uh, they'll be back for the Clash of the Coliseum at the beginning of February. So two and a half months of no NASCAR. Um, I'll tell you, by January, we're going to start to miss it. We're going to start to miss our Sunday memes and our Sunday hatred or our Sunday enjoyment. Uh, but we'll be back with with coverage on all of that. So last thing I want to do here before we sign off, is find out who won the Racing with Ryan podcast fantasy championship courtesy of 124 Welding and Fab. So let me pull up the fantasy app. This is the, the time where I, I fill time by drinking my beer and letting the fantasy app load. So let me go to fantasy. Do, 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 do. Let's see how we all did here. League. First, I'm going to start with how did we do at the Phoenix race? And if you all took my advice and started the final four, well, you should have done okay, but I did bad. Uh, eight ball racing was the winner this week with 243 points. Steve was second with 231. Richie Petty Jr. in third with 226. And finishing fourth this week, therefore clinching the championship, John Gross, our Racing with Ryan champion this year with 220 points, ahead of Staffordshire Motorsports in fifth with 219. King Penguin, 188. Yours truly, RKS Racing. That's me. Uh, seventh with 180. Bob's Fords, 170. Pit Penguin, 170. Big Temp in Motorsports, 123 to round out the top 10. And then a look at the final standings. John Gross is our champion here for this year, winning it with 6,704 points at a Staffordshire Motorsports with 6,669. Bob's Fords finishing third with 6,575. By the way, we merged this league with Bob's league, and his his boys all whooped us. So congratulations, to those guys. Steve Darling fourth, uh, six thousand five fifteen. Richie Petty fifth. I I was sixth. Uh, just very mediocre season for me, but hey, that's the way she goes. Big Temp Motorsports seventh, eight ball racing. I got the win last week, but finishes eighth in standings. Pit Penguin ninth, and King Penguin tenth, followed by Ben Say, Cushy Penguin, Hunter Young, Hulk Smash, and Buzz Calkins. So there you go. That was fun this year, guys. Um, last year was just me and Steven. And I hope to expand upon this um, this year so or next year. So, John Gross, you're the champion, my friend. 
And we're going to get together with Ron from 124 Welding and Fab. And when Ron has a little bit of time this offseason, he's going to construct our championship plaque, which then we will deliver. Luckily, John Gross is local. We'll get him to the racetrack and we'll deliver that sucker to John. And uh, thank you all for playing. Like I said, it was fun. It turned into a segment on the podcast. And it's been fun. It's been fun to look back um, to see how poorly I did. And then when I won, it was super exciting. So um, thank you guys. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing it again next year. And uh, what a great episode. Governor's Cup coming up this Saturday and Sunday. Prelude Saturday. Florida Governor's Cup Sunday. You know what's coming next week. Florida Governor's Cup recap. I hope the excitement and the enthusiasm of a great weekend carries over. I know there's going to be stuff. Stuff is going to happen. People are going to be upset. Something is going to go this way. Somebody's going to crash. Somebody's going to have a a bad set of tires. Somebody's going to be ticked off because they had to park over here because their trailer is too tall. Or somebody wasn't able to get in when they wanted to get in. Uh, Shit's going to happen. When you have this many people get together, stuff's going to happen. All in all, I I hope when I'm back with you next week, we're talking about what a great race. I hope we're talking about another door-to-door finish like we did when Richard was telling us about his top three favorite races. And we're talking about history and somebody making their career or Brad May finally gets that World Series win. What's the story going to be? What is next week's podcast going to hold? We'll be back to tell that story next week so thank you all so much for listening i hope you're up to speed on the governor's cope I, I i hope you're as excited as i am again thanks to richard gallardi for coming on and sharing some governor's cup history and knowledge with us thank you all for listening we'll be back at it next week with another episode so until then get out there support your local short tracks wherever you end up this weekend and we'll talk to you then goodbye and vroom vroom on